everybody was like, oh, well, I think I'll check Barbie out the first weekend and then I'll check Oppenheimer. And then, you know what I mean? Like, everybody wants to see these. They're both good in their... One of them is fucking one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my life. And the other one is Oppenheimer. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 122 of Press Any Key. You can find us on all social media at pressanykey.tv. You can also join the conversation in the comments section, our Discord. Give us a share and a like. I'm your host, Pat Navarano. With me, as always, my co-host. Uh, I I can't believe I'm forgetting your name. Uh, give it up for Mike, <laughs> Mike Burke and uh, Nick McFly and uh, Liz is on the ones and twos, as per usual. Hey, Gingy. Um... And uh, what's it called? Boy, what a weekend, huh? What a weekend. This is the longest weekend I've had in a while. <laughs> True, dude. I got in a car accident. I saw a Broadway show. And I saw two big summer blockbusters. And I had a migraine. Oh. It's been a weekend. Did did either of you do a proper Barbenheimer day? Yes. Yeah. Did you? I, I like, did. Nice. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, you did. That's okay, so explain to me what that, what that was like. Because here's the thing is that like, I was never doing that. <laughs> I, that I was, was the only way I could doing do it. that. I, we we talked about it. You led me to believe that we were all going to. <laughs> you the did this together. to me. I did no, no, no such I, thing. I wanted to. Yeah, no. We talked about it, and we're like, oh, we're all going to go together. And then no, I find out never a couple weeks ago. Oh, well, we got the seventy millimeter in New York. That is sold out, by the way, through like August. I have some stuff like mid August right and, now, um, which the, is wild. Well, the other thing was that so it's it's funny that we're we're jumping right into the seventy millimeter topic, but what I was gonna say was that it's a good thing that we didn't go because a lot of these seventy millimeter shows have been breaking down. Yeah, like forty minutes left in the movie, and they can't figure out how to change a reel or that it <laughs> runs too hot. Which or, mile are we in? <laughs> exactly, like it's one of those things where like it's just they. In Chicago, they flew an IMAX tech out there, and he's out there for three weeks doing nothing but running Oppenheimer showings. Um, so <laughs> um, it's uh, it just goes to say that it's lucky that it's as good as it is because if it was a worse movie that was shot this way, it would have been a bunch of – like, it wouldn't have been worth it. Do you think Tom Cruise is really mad now? Because, like, these are <laughs> fucking up, and it's, like, still taking away screen time. It all, yeah. I mean, Did Mission you see the box office drop off? I was about off? to say, Mission Impossible took quite a hit this yeah, week. Yeah, man. But, um... So if they just fucking pushed it back a month. I actually was going to talk about that, because, you know, the thing is, is that this is it. This is the final weekend of the summer movie season. There is... After this, there is... I think next week is, even if it's good, I am not seeing it, is Disney's The Haunted Mansion. That's the big big budget movie and then that's it everything else is all small low-key stuff there's that voyage of the demeanor yeah, i want to see into that and there it's mm. the movie you, you ever read dracula or see dracula like any of the versions it's yeah. the story of the boat like what he does on the oh, it's basically okay. one chapter from the book it's like which alien cool. yeah it's that's like alien cool. but it's dracula on the boat yeah um, all right so that, and that's pretty much it. And that was the other thing I want to tell you guys is we are talking nothing but video games for at least two months because I am fucking tired. Like this has been one of the craziest marathons of going to the movies. I just I think got my Stubbs my membership back. I'm, <laughs> I know, I'm, dude. I'm going to see a ton you more movies know with or the, without you guys. <laughs> Mike's got to change his his, his uh, Stubbs to Game Pass again. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. And the fucked up part is that there there's the. The closest AMC to me is an hour away right now. Oh, so I, I, like, I'm going to Regal. I'm going to yo. Shout out to Regal because they wrote back to us. They, and they did. Said that they were gonna put what they were gonna give the chain that you um, shouted out 
a shout out on their social media for exemplary like oh look how much they're celebrating the movies i know um you're welcome regal cinema so yeah this is like i said culmination of summer of season 2023 there's really nothing big coming out until uh until until we start hitting like october with like all the horror stuff and then really like we got blue beetle which is not big that's gonna flop um Aquaman three got its third Aquaman three Aquaman two got its third reshoot and it actually got a positive response from audiences. So they might pull this one out. That's the only one of those movies to make a billion dollars. That's why they're doing a second one. That's, that's Um, your, that's your, you know, uh, last finger on the cliff with that. That's it. And then, um, the Marvels, and then there's a, you know, there's like the Martin Scorsese one that's coming out. Scorsese. That's what I said. Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah. yeah. I was saying the other night I saw a trailer for the Marvels at, um, a restaurant we were at and there's not a release date on the trailer anymore yeah. it just oh. says new trailer out now well the marvels is supposed to be a it's supposed to be the sequel to secret invasion right or it's like no. supposed to fit like go right into it no no no. it's supposed to be after secret invasion and it's the sequel to captain marvel and or, 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 but as in like yeah it's supposed to i'm sorry and it's not a marvel show yeah not a Tiana, not a sequel but per se, but like yeah is, is wandavision is from like you have to watch secret invasion you should watch Secret Invasion to understand that movie a bit better. I'm glad. I'm glad Iger finally came out and said, "Like this has been a total disaster. Every, Disney Plus has been an unmitigated disaster." Well, you know, if they could just pay the actors and writers, yeah, yeah. that's where I'm well, at. Did you know that the total amount of money that the WGA and SAG after are asking for is about 250 million dollars? And do you know Disney just threw 329 million dollars away on one indiana jones movie and here's the thing they've done that multiple times this year so you're telling me that they can't just throw another 250 million there no it it comes out to like point like one five percent it's like four or five percent it it changed recently okay you're seeing that tweet yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it it did change recently now i'm gonna talk about it like it's fact from one tweet i saw yeah well, you know, I mean, that's the way to stay informed these days. <laughs> or X is that what it's gonna be? Yeah, yeah. The the new the new porn account. Dude, there's <laughs> there's nothing that billionaires do more than throw away all their branding team's hard work. Like HBO gone, Twitter X. What's <laughs> like, the so, thing? Everything that has an X online or in the yeah. internet related is pornography. Speaking of X, Barbie. <laughs> um. Did you guys not see the... We saw a Barbie. There's lots of nudity in the Barbie that we saw. It was crazy. Oh. Talking about Oppenheimer? <laughs> oh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Sloppenheimer. Um, Sloppenheimer. I have. I do have that. All right. So, obviously, this is Barbenheimer weekend, and lots of people went out. There was so... I think the first confirmed number was 20,000 back-to-back showings. I don't think that there was as much crossover as you expect in this Barbenheimer situation. Cause like I said, there was only 20 to 30,000 double bookings. Um, that being said, this motherfucker, this was the weekend for movies. Yeah, I'm the, talking the double bookings didn't matter because people were going every, out to see money. Here was the thing, everybody that could not get tickets to go see Barbie and Oppenheimer went to go see mission impossible instead. Mm-hmm. Everybody. I mean, for what it was left playing in. Um, and the other thing is that, um, I have a I have a tweet later that shows it, but it's so weird how like this didn't spark a versus. It started an and. You know what I mean? Like everybody was like, "Oh well, I think I'll check Barbie out the first weekend, and then I'll check Oppenheimer, and then like, you know what I mean? Like everybody wants to see these. They're both good in their. One of them is fucking 
one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my life. And the other one is Oppenheimer. But yeah, I'm just glad that it's over because I need I need a break. I need a break to turn off all these fucking screens. You didn't even watch out. them back to back, dude. No. Okay, so tell me what that experience was like. So you saw Barbie first. No. Been, oh, yeah. I did no. the cor- I did the correct thing. Okay. I, black I, coffee. I, yeah. On, on, honestly, woke up, <laughs> black coffee. Um, went and I had a I had a bowl of cereal, and then I, I went to a one o'clock showing of Oppenheimer. Was, I had a bowl of raisin bran. Of raisin bran. <laughs> it was life. <laughs> but I went to and I'm in like Bumblefuck upstate. Yeah. So like and I was I was not expecting anything to be there. We get there and I was like, oh, I don't have to buy tickets because this or I don't have to buy them in advance because this theater that I'm going to when I'm telling you that it looks like a converted high school. It's basically a converted high school and Sick. you don't have a assigned seat. It's just go buy a ticket yeah. and go sit down. Good luck. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. And well, I get there the and the old, the old west of movie theaters. Yep. The line is out the door and I'm like, oh, because we were going to go see Barbie later that night, me and a couple friends, and we hadn't bought the tickets yet. So I'm just texting them. I was like, get online right now. You need to buy Barbie tickets. <laughs> like we are, this is one o'clock on a Friday in upstate Bumblefuck <laughs> and this theater is sold out. Oh, so you went at one o'clock for Oppenheimer. What time did you see Barbie? 720. Okay. Holy shit. I did but have, I a, did. 10.30 in the morning, Oppenheimer. <laughs> 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Barbie. Wow. How was that? It was great. We yeah. had Buffalo Wild Wings for lunch. Sick. <laughs> good call. It was a Fun. good day. I'm, uh, I'm also fairly certain there was a teen couple fucking in the bathroom when I went and saw Oppenheimer. Fun. <laughs> they Fun. saw the scene in the movie, and they're like, we need yeah. to recreate they're this like, movie right now. Head to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> How did you see it? Um, we went and saw Barbie Friday. I mean, mm-hmm. Thursday. At like what seven seven o'clock or some shit, yep. and we went and saw it in Dolby. And when we got there, that's the most pink I've ever seen at a movie theater. I mean, this like lots of lots of young girls dressed up in pink, lots of dudes there. Because listen, the one thing you can why do you just you went full Minnesota. You're like, lots of dudes. <laughs> the one thing you can count on, young men, is that they, if there is young women that they like going somewhere, they will fucking they'll <laughs> hoe down too. Okay, and they were wearing pink and they, they were pink boas. Yeah, they were giggling just as as much as the girls were. Uh, I was even. I mean, like I wasn't wearing pink, but even I was just like, yo, this this is a fucking normie weekend for sure because. That shit was packed. Mm-hmm. Then when we went and saw Oppenheimer this morning, uh, we walked in and Liz was like, that's the line for snacks. It's around the fucking... Because we went to Jersey Gardens, which is a big theater, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, but like, it's a normie weekend. So let's go around to the, at the A-list side, four people in line. I was like, yeah, because these are people who don't come to the movies that are like... Oh, you poor Everybody's people. in on the fucking joke. That's why everybody's here. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't discredit what how good these movies are and that this is a roaring, monstrous comeback as far as the box office is concerned um, and how many people are actually going to see these movies. Um, but, th- but yeah, nevertheless, this was the most packed I have seen a movie theater all summer. I think like, it's no really doubt. a testament to the marketing and Chris Nolan. I mean, Chris, well, like I'm <laughs> like for Barbie, obviously the marketing, they were like, I'm not showing shit about the movie. You know, it's going to be a Barbie movie. We are going to do great 
massively integrated full-scale marketing. Mm-hmm. Oppenheimer, they were like, every three weeks, we were releasing a still picture <laughs> of, is it Killian or Cillian? Killian. Killian Murphy. He's Irish. Just looking into the camera, dead-eyed. No fighting. No fighting. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's the marketing. And it worked great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, the marketing, but also just the synergy, the meme of it all. That really was what did it. It, it had nothing to well, do with the marketing. I, I got to be honest. Day. I'm glad that we're talking about this. Here's my theory. I think Oppenheimer would have done the same. I think Barbie would have done worse because Christopher Nolan has a built in cult fan base and Every single one of his movies that opens does better than the last one by a significant margin. I would disagree so I on, was, that, on so, the Oppenheimer side. No, no, no. I, I, okay, because right, the the people who go would go to see Barbie. There's plenty of people who are not movie people, the normies, who would go and see a fun, lighthearted Margot Robbie movie. Are not the people who are going to go sit through a three-hour drama. No, but Christopher Nolan fans would. Yes, and so those Nolan people were going to be pull. there either way. Did you see the like the projections shot up? I think this movie is like doubled what it was predicted to make um, this weekend. This movie definitely benef- yeah. benefited from the Barbenheimer bump. It for sure did. Yeah, I thought it would make probably around. Cause I think it made close to. I know we'll get into it later. Like 80, close to like right? eighty-eight, ninety. Yeah, yeah. Well, it probably I thought right. would have made around. So maybe 60, we should we'll, start. We'll get into We'll start that. talking about. Um, we'll start with Barbie right now, non-spoiler. Well, and first, just pull up that map that I gave okay. you because I thought that's an interesting way to kind of start. Pull up that map. Don't you so, fucking... <laughs> this map is a map of the United States broken out by their interest in either Barbie or Oppenheimer. And I think there's some interesting data to be found here. The first thing, <laughs> New like, Mexico New makes Mexico sense. New Mexico is obviously like, we're out here to rep. <laughs> we out here in Los Alamos. <laughs> but also, Washington, D.C., plus 20 into the Oppenheimer. It's just like all those, you know, like the the political people are like, this is in a movie for us. But it's about but, time Jay's getting his due. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Mississippi. That's astonishing to Dude, me. Dude, they're all about fucking Barbie goes fishing with her toe well, down there. You, okay. Like, you know why? Extra toe. You know why? Yeah. <laughs> No, that's New Mexico. That's afterwards. Yeah, no. they got but with her fused toes. <laughs> Barbie has webbed fingers. It's got to be from all the pageantry shit. Ooh, that's Ooh, interesting. That's, that's kind yeah, of the weird. honey boo-boos uh, of the yeah, world. Like, I mean, also, because look, you're getting the, the, the South, which probably was like, hell yeah, brother, Adam bomb. <laughs> but we're getting Barbie. Yeah, but even Texas like is in well, the Barbie territory. Are you, are you guys on uh, sorority? Uh, Texas is on TikTok a, at all on a trajectory this time of year. Be, Liz, no, no. Uh, oh, enlighten oh, us. Oh no, this time of year, starting the last few weeks of August, we get Southern School Sorority Rush. We Roll get tide. Bama Rush. We get Mississippi. All them Rush. girls went and saw Barbie. Bro, that's what this is. That uh, is these sorority girls down there seeing these th- seeing Barbie. Okay. I think the other funny ones are the ones that are dead center. Yeah. Like <laughs> you got Wisconsin, Miss, Michigan, Pennsylvania, all the notable Wyoming, swing Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if this can be like extrapolated out and into political. a presidential and, like political and, thing. No, then you, got, you got Texas and Florida are so weird, but pretty much everything else kind of does line up. But what's also really fucking hilarious is that these are two movies that at least in a a, a abstract purview you could say one of them is left wing and one of them is right wing 
And just no, in the you know, you're a hundred, you're a hundred percent correct. This fucking absolutely does not represent that. Yeah, because like, look at New York, like look at New Jersey. You know what I mean? Kind like, of did the opposite yeah, of what exactly. it should, like what you would expect. It yeah, to yeah, do. yeah. But I mean, like, it's just funny how they line up that way, and yeah. the fact that they're both pink. And I mean, it should have really been orange for Oppenheimer, but whatever. Or like reddish, and for like for for yeah, Barbie yeah, because okay, yeah because yeah, yeah folks that can see us this is a red shirt right everyone thinks this, this is, is not a red. the right lighting to be viewing <laughs> you need to it's, see this shirt in seventy seven millimeter okay, <laughs> Nick right. go take go to the bathroom take <laughs> yeah, a bathroom yeah, yeah. selfie see, and post this, okay. this we'll put a poll is the two genders of movies and Nick is not one of them okay. Okay. it is this the shirt spectrum is of genders conforming yes I don't know how we got here but let's talk about Barbie non spoiler <laughs> so um. <laughs> Barbie, here's here's how I would like to start this. I would just like to say that I knew absolutely nothing about the plot of this movie before I went into it. I had no preconceived notions. I knew it was going to be a comedy, and I knew that they had put a lot of money into it. So at the very least, it was going to look good. It had an interesting look, and it, like this, I did not expect the. I'm I'm gonna use the term bombardment, but not in a negative connotation. But the bombardment of messaging that was in this movie, but how clever it was done and how well it was written. So I'll put it like that. Like I just wasn't expecting that. Not like I was like repulsed by it or anything. Like you know, it was done really well. And um, yeah, even and then just Ryan Gosling, absolutely legendary. Margot Robbie and that's is on God. Basically. Margot Robbie is basically is is perfect. And like her character has an actual arc and there like you know what i mean it's just it could have been like hollow stupid comedy trash like trash or like obviously like a turn like this is a big property that we want to make because mattel currently now has 45 properties they're developing movies on that's not a joke um um and um <laughs> and what it, no, it really is. I think it's 44 or 45. It's one 45 of those. toys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um it's just it's just one of those things I was not expecting all of the commentary in it. However, it was done really well. It was funny. Not all the time, though. Because there was some jokes that like exploded. There was one joke which I know we're all thinking of the same joke that when they said it, I went, Oh my god. And Early done. on, right? Uh no, a little bit more towards act two. Um that made me crack up really hard. And then there were some other jokes that were after that that was just like fucking you could hear a pin drop. It just was not funny at all. Oh, we had a we had a great like movie theater experience with this one. Everybody. It's interesting because like we had we were sitting next to a group of like I want to say like preteen girls and we're like laughing our asses off a lot of the time and a lot of the jokes because this is exactly one of those movies where it's like you're going to take your kids to it and it's going to have things for the kids and it's going to have all of those like classic like old cartoon network shows that had like a shit ton of jokes in there for the parents watching them not a shit ton but you no, know no, what no, I mean. no 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 i'm, I'm yeah. keep going i'm with you um, i mean the only thing i would add to that is just that it wasn't just like hey they snuck in an adult joke no it's it was like that's here's the joke. this whole fucking ideology you know yeah. what i mean like and here's a whole commentary on it and by the way here's the reverse commentary on the opposite of this and it's just like I mean, like, I don't hate it because it's really it's done really well. It's just yeah. I was so not expecting that. But I, I'm talking about I'm going a little more simple. I'm yeah. like, you know, all like all of that aside for like right now is like there's one joke and it's not spoiling where their Ken is beach Ken um, and all of the Kens are on the beach and they're going to have a beach off and they're going to beach off one another. And, like we're losing it because, you know, we had a couple drinks, of course, we're you know, going to see Barbie. 
and like the the girls next to us are just turning to their mom and they're like why are they laughing like what's what's funny about that and like i felt that happened so many times during the movie and i was like this is just made perfectly for like people <laughs> 25 to or not you know 25 but like i feel like it had a lot of 90s yeah. baby kind of like service it's, in it so it's interesting that you say that um after we got out of it, Alexis uh, was talking to her sister, who is 10 years younger, different generation, and she was saying that she thought it was kind of funny. A lot of the humor just didn't speak to her at all. She was like, it's a lot, you know, it's uh, uh, Gen X and millennial humor, which I totally agree with. There's it a lot of crude humor that I don't think younger generate, like Gen Z and Gen even A. Not, even just like, even, just even like the, references. the, the yeah, depression yeah. stuff, which yeah. I'll just like, you know, sprinkle in there like fucking hysterical. Yeah. And like, we're losing our minds and they're like, okay. Well, she, she, I mean, Greta Gerwig's in our fucking, she's a millennial. Yeah, in right? our demo. Yeah, she's, she's so it makes sense. But, um, but what'd you think of the movie? Um, so I went into it with really high expectations because of all like the shining reviews and it's been like super, you know, it's everybody's been hyping it up and I was actually disappointed. Uh, I thought the story was incredibly messy and there was too many plot threads going on. They really should have streamlined it. Um, yeah, I, I, I just thought I thought it was okay. I was actually ready to just get the fuck out of the theater at that point. I was like, this so isn't holding my attention. So I, I would give it, I, I rated it like a seven. Okay. You know, just pretty like average. Liz, you're the opposing view on this because I know that you loved it, right? Yes. I, okay. I did. Um, I'm going to say this actually about both movies today. They both entranced me, but in different ways. Well, Christ, I'd hope so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I absolutely love this. I think... I um, felt like a serial killer after both of them. <laughs> I think somebody, at least for me on TikTok, kind of put it the right way. Um, I came out of that movie with a new sense of self-worth and feeling bad for my mother. Um, I Ooh. came home and I was like, I'm so sorry, Mom. Yeah, it's a Greta movie. She yeah. does that. Yes. So, um, <laughs> I said this to Liz and I said... I got to be honest, Liz, I was like, the Barbenheimer meme is cute, but I I don't expect Barbie to be anywhere near as good as something that Christopher Nolan is going to deliver. And she was like, well, it's fun. It says, I go, no, I get all that. I go, but this is just like when I was like for months was like, I pre-ordered Doom Eternal. Who's ready for Doom Eternal? Yeah. Nobody said shit about Animal Crossing. And then we all got <laughs> locked in our houses. And then all of a sudden, all these Animal Crossing and Doom memes started. And then pre-orders started to go through. I was like, no, no. <laughs> I've been I, waiting. No! I think you and <laughs> this was the same feeling where I was just like, I was like, listen, I'm sure the other thing is going to be like, I knew like, I'm sure Barbie was going to be good. And I, to be fair, I think for what it is, because I, I agree, like, I'll put it like this right off the bat. The tw first 20 minutes, I was totally checked out. I was just bored out of my fucking mind. It wasn't For Barbie? Yeah, it wasn't until they started introducing the ideas of their story and explaining them and working them out that I was like, all right, I'm with you. Like, if we're doing this, let's fucking do it. Um, I was the complete opposite. And it's it, to me, is the more they added, the more just uh, unfocused I felt the whole thing became. The last, also the last 10 minutes of that movie is some of the best last 10 minutes of a movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but I would only judge it by that last 10 minutes. Um, but th but this was the same feeling I was feeling was just like, I fucking waited for Doom. Like, I've been waiting for Oppenheimer since we 
reported like yeah, since a whole it came year out. ago since we started talking about it. And because it happens to be on the same weekend as this ridiculous concept <laughs> that everybody just memed it into box office success. Well, it's just, yeah, just like the pure dichotomy. Sony not is dichotomy, fucking like the, uh, slamming opposition. their head against this the is, wall this right is now. This oh, like yeah. the same kind of thing as when um, GameStop became like such a like it was this unstoppable force of meme culture just saying this is gonna happen i don't care if the laws of nature say it shouldn't happen it's gonna happen yeah i i it's it's wild that this one worked like out of all of like the the gentle minion and like the morbius shit and everything i think this one was just so organically set up for humor so with like the a and the b of it yeah so um yeah, yeah, but anyway, so back to the the, the movie, I guess. Um, Ryan Gosling, though, absolutely legendary in in the role in what he's given to do. I'm not gonna say what like as like as his role in the story and how in like how well it was. I think his performance was fucking awesome, and I don't think people give comedy performances enough um, as much respect. As dramatic performances, especially considering the ones that we've seen this weekend. Yeah. But no, but no, I was like, I, I go, I knew there'd be a best supporting actor nomination coming from Oppenheimer. I didn't, didn't expect think one, one. <laughs> one for Barbie, but honestly, it's up there. It's yeah. like, cause he really is good. He's good. The whole movie. As a matter of fact, at some points I was like, every scene he's in is great. And then every other scene is kind of like hit and miss. Um, and the other thing was this, I felt that like you could have cut like, I don't know where or how much, but I felt like you could have cut like 15 minutes out of the movie's runtime, maybe even 20. And it would have felt a little bit more um, like there's one thing I'll, I'll mention it in spoilers, but like there's one group of individuals who show up and like, it's all right. Yeah. That's- all right. What's going to happen? Like Nothing. you got a really good actor. The Libyans. Yeah, yeah, the Libyans. <laughs> yeah. You got a really good actor to What are you going to do? And like he already delivered the funniest line in the movie. Like what else is there going to be? And then nothing happens, you yeah. know what I mean? So That's what I think to Nick's point. Like my main criticism of it was they were a, a an a, an enemy, like an antagonist perspective in it, which I thought was kind of unnecessary and really didn't add to it. Right. Um but I think just like as in from my summing up my take on the movie was I went in similarly. I was like, oh, this is going to be pretty fun. This is going to be a decent time. I'm going to I'm going to go in and I'm going to get out and I'm probably not going to think about this movie really afterwards. Right. Um, I had a lot better of a time than I thought I would. And I really liked the writing. I really liked how it was directed. Like you said, the performances were fantastic when they were sad. They were actually like crying. Like it wasn't just like a really like rompy kind of jokey kid thing. They like. Went through they, a range of emotions. They they went for it, and I got to give him credit. And I loved Margot all the Robbie little. Robbie is excellent. She's great. She has one really big scene where she gets to show her range, at, that is not played for laughs, and it's actually very touching. And and then the, there's a a bit towards the end, but then after, but I feel like it flops so violently between this really nice, earnest, like touching tone, and then it's like. Back to shithead comedy over here. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man, I'm fine. I'm so ready for shithead comedy to come back. Like that Jennifer Lawrence movie where she's just <laughs> trying about to fuck boner a kid. comedy. Yeah, boner comedy. Like, I I want that stuff to come back. Her boobs are in that too. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know went. that. 
fantastic. <laughs> but we got a we real talk- Oppenheimer we were situation. Yeah. We were talking about this last night. We were. And I forget whose whose boobs came up. Liz, whose boobs um, came up? Somebody's boobs came up. And I and me and Liz and we, we were uh, it's driving. because we were uh, people watching at a red light in the city and there was a girl wearing one of those like shirts that's definitely like probably it's definitely just a like a bandana yeah one of those things and um, New York baby no it basically looked, the, 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 the end of the 10. conversation was was <laughs> I said was so was, our no. friend was like do you want to see her boobs I said yes. We want every pair of boobs you want to see, no matter what. I was like, tits are like golf. You know, you play the course you're on, but it's always a good time. Like, that's, Honestly, that's the, so like. No, yeah. that's, I think the, the analogy you're looking for is pizza. I'll like, I don't care if it's cold, if it's bad, I'll always eat it. Yeah, okay. And I will be honest. No, Nick, I that's in, ass. I instigated the oh, conversation. No. He goes, this is your fault, wearing a handkerchief and like said something about boobs. And I just went, show me the titties. <laughs> Show me him. Yeah. You said it quietly to yourself. I didn't yell it at this woman. I actually opened my window and yelled at this woman on the street hey, yo, in New York City. Hey, yo. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Catcalling women in New York is fun. Anyway, um, so uh, Barbie. Um, this, yeah. this feels to me, I don't know if this is actually what happened, but it feels like it's the victim of a script that went through many different rewrites and they just couldn't decide which parts to keep and which to let go. Well, this yeah. was like being rewritten and like tossed around for Amy years. Amy well, was originally it, attached. It really shows because yeah. like you, you said like, oh, there's a villain of the movie. It's like that didn't, that element, then there's the like the Ken's thing going on, then there's the mother-daughter story, then there's Barbie trying to find herself. It's like pick a, pick a lane. You know what? It is possible that his shirt might be pink because this entire time I thought his sweatpants were gray and they're actually like... No, gray. I looked at it they're in the melon, light. They're, they're, they're melon like colored. Cantaloupe? Honeydew? Honeydew. Okay, but anyway, go ahead, you were saying. No, I'm just saying, like, it feels to me like the fact that it was rewritten so much really was at the detriment well, of how or tight I believe, the script I was. Different directors will, came in, were yeah. like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't right. know how to position it. I don't know what Mattel's going to allow. Like, where am I going to put all this? On that note, it was very surprising how much Mattel allowed them to take the piss out of Mattel. That's (laughs) the only way you can do it in the way and without spoiling it is like they take the piss out of like some Barbies and some Barbie properties that like are you're you're like, what the fuck? They made that. Yeah. Um, And I think it was a way for Mattel to kind of be like, look, you know, times were weird back then. We had weird people in there doing weird shit. And we're just going to own up to it. And the other thing, too, that I think is cool about this movie, at least in, in my humble opinion, is that I, I think you're correct on some of the story beats and definitely some of the pacing, Nick. is like that was kind of the undercooked parts. Obviously, the production is really good. The performance is really good. We didn't even mention Alan yet. I was about um, to say we didn't even mention. Could you forget? Uh, we didn't even mention actually, Weird Barbie, um, who was and then stealing well, the show. We're still in non-spoilers. Yeah, yeah I, know, so. I know. And then the other. But the other thing I wanted to point out was specifically. um was that it kind of almost reminds me of like a Wes Anderson movie in some scenes where it's like this hyper real, like hyper realistic stylized like environment. But the other thing um, that it kind of looked like, and I can't believe I'm even about to make this comparison is like Bo is afraid 
when they're running. Or as Mike likes to call it, Bo's weird. Bo, Bo's weird. <laughs> he's, he's weird um, and afraid. He, like, in some of the scenes, like, have you guys seen Bo is Afraid? Not yet. There sure. is, I haven't seen Bo is Afraid. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's some pretty hectic scenes going on, and I think of, like, when she's running through the corporate office, and, like, you see what that set looks like, and how, like, obviously it's they're making fun of what it's like to be a corporate worker and stuck a in stooge yeah a stooge pretty much and like it just looked like it had that style of like um almost theatrical yeah. like on stage yeah. Like, yeah yeah like you know what i mean it was just um it was just that type of vibe pretty much and that was the cool stuff was the subtle trees was the subtle stuff and i think when they delivered their message and their commentary through comedic means it was much funnier than some of the hand-fisted and on-the-nose scenes. Because even if you like those scenes, you can't say that they're not on the nose. Because they fucking are. Yeah, And, <laughs> and I'm not saying that's not a problem. Because no, they're not trying to masquerade it as something else. That It is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they're trying yeah. to tell a story about. So. And we were, we were talking a little bit about it. I was like, I appreciate the way that they did those type of scenes. Because the whole movie is very on the nose. I mean, even in the sense of, like, we were just talking about, like, that scene where they're running through the office. It's jokey. It's dramatic it's physical comedy and everything is really ham-fisted everything's really on the nose so mm -hmm. that to be consistently through it never made that seem like that they just kind of like you know stepped on it the soapbox choice it was a conscious choice to put it in and it felt organic into the situation versus like well you know we're gonna do the service of what we need to do and here it is yeah exactly I, I would agree so uh just wrap up non-spoilers we'll i'll do number we'll start with numbers i'll start i gave this like an eight out of ten I'd stick with it because honestly, like I'm not the main demo for this. If in a what and if that wasn't clear from the marketing, it's very clear from watching the movie. <laughs> but I wasn't offended by it because it was done well, it was done tastefully, and it is preachy in some parts, but I once again, it's 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 like still it still has that family comedy vibe to it, which although I don't think the story and all of the jokes land, it's one of those things where it's like it, it wasn't awful. You know what I mean? That's the best way I, that, that, you know, I'm, I'm yep. more conflicted on this than I am Oppenheimer. But so Nick, you said, uh, I, I give it a seven, um, to like, honestly, like I originally was going to give it a six, but then I think about other things that I've given a six. I'm like, that's too mean. So I give it a seven. And I think it's all style and too much substance mm -hmm. is what I would say. Oh, wow. That's okay. good. Fair yeah. Enough. I'm, I'm giving like an eight and a half just from the sense of, what it like what it attempted to do what it did i do agree with your shortcomings with what you said but i actually liked the hyper style of it like that that's did it, the saving grace of that it, did it more for me and that's giving me that higher score yeah liz what about you um i the demographic for this film is going to give it a 9.5 um, oh damn 9.5 yes because i agree with you on the eight the and a quarter villain it's an plot line i like forgot about it at one point um and I agree that maybe there's a couple pieces that were a little messy, but overall, I, I very much enjoyed this film. Well, good. Okay. All right. Well, that's Sick. the end of the episode. We'll see you guys next <laughs> week. Yeah, <I'm> <laughs> uh, Psych. So before we get spoilers, we want to talk some box office for Barbie because it's a blowout weekend, baby. Um, <laughs> this it's a is, blowout, we're, Barbie. We're in the parking lot of Disney right now. We're getting our backs blown out. <laughs> Domestically, this did $155 million, quadrillion dollars. I have a stat here that I pulled up before. Better than okay, Indiana so Jones. Barbie, okay, yeah. then international, this did $182 million. Worldwide, $337 million take. 
This only cost $154 million. So this thing already paid for itself and the marketing. It's all profit past here. Um, Barbie's accomplishments. The biggest domestic opening of 2023. Didn't see that. I knew it'd be big, but I didn't see that coming. Biggest opening ever for a female director. Biggest opening for the movie based on a toy. All the Transformers like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, biggest opening ever for Marvel. Let them come. <laughs> biggest, Master hell. <laughs> <laughs> biggest opening ever for Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. And the biggest opening weekend for a movie that isn't a sequel, remake, or superhero. And man, talk about Woo! a lot of fucking hoops they had to jump through on that last one. I saw that this is the biggest, <laughs> the biggest opening. opening movie for an original movie. They couldn't even get that together. <laughs> I saw this is the biggest opening since... Uh, um, Endgame, like the biggest box domestic. office domestic. Yeah. Domestic, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What was super interesting, just as a tail note, I know we were talking about a while ago, tail what type note. of tail note, what type of movies and everything are kind of like, you know, happening now. If you look at the top five movies for box office performance this year, they're all kids' movies. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's for predominantly kids' movies. <laughs> it's it's a Mario movie, obviously, this is in it. I just, that's the part he likes to get touched the least. Oh, well, he's not putting up a fight. He's he will start. Do you, huh? well, we'll do, you get see, a, do you see his just, tail? Do you see the tail? The, yeah, That's you letting go. you know, don't touch me. That looks like he's happy. <laughs> I thought so, too. To me, that looks happy. You don't understand, Nick. Happiness is pain to him. So, <laughs> um, Question about your theater experience really quick, because, Pat, I'm curious if this goes into how much money this movie makes. Were they selling the cars and Margot Robbie bodies? No, I... <laughs> I was I went to a Regal theater so so AMC for about I think sixty five bucks yeah sixty five dollars you could get Margot Robbie's pink convertible and her Barbie and nice. a popcorn oh I don't know this one I just asked the my one theater the it. only thing they were doing is they were turning the air conditioner off <laughs> in the theater <laughs> and all the Sound of Freedom movie theaters that they were playing <laughs> I went out to dinner on Friday and I sat next Look, to somebody oh. who brought up Sound of Freedom and I did everything to bite my tongue. <laughs> it got to the point where it's where he brought up the guy that it's based off of and I, I just got up. I just got out with uh yeah, well that guy's a fucking fraud. So just and he's like, Oh, how do you know? I was like, just I'm I, I go, aren't you the do your own research guy? Yeah, so do your own research. Just give him a Google and get back to me. Okay. Well well yeah. <laughs> then and, talk. And then I then it went away for the rest of the night. But I, but I was very. We're, much, we're letting Santa Freedom eat into our barbie. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> there we go. Liz, that was beautiful. So, um, all right. So anyway, um, so yeah, box office. This is crazy. Um, I think over fifty-seven percent of ticket buyers were women and their daughters. So Hell yeah, uh, women they, and their daughters. How do they know the and their daughters part? Because well, they have all of our cookies. Yeah, but I if I bought a ticket for for me and, because and my if, fiance, how do they know who the plus one is? Because you have the kids ticket. I think they're just doing off of a children's yeah, ticket. Yeah, you know it's a ticket. daughter. Oh, Nicholas, there ain't no little boys. They're, being they're doing this. they're doing uh, like all right, sure, pull down your pants. Listen, let us see. <laughs> Not to be that guy, but I don't think any real he hims that small would be want want to see this. You know what I mean? Dude, I, there was. I just don't think the kid that plays with trucks is going to be like, let's go see Barbie. You we know? need a Tonka Anybody movie. Yeah, truck. yeah, exactly. Dude, uh, well, just wait for uh, Saw Patrol. Yeah, Saw, Saw Patrol. Patrol. Saw Patrol okay. is coming. So, um, all right. So, uh, let's do some spoilers. Okay. So I pet the cat too much. <laughs> just coughing right into his face. <laughs> Dude, he's like a stone right now. <laughs> uh, so, um, let's do spoilers. I did not see. Here, okay. 
there's there there's one of these things where there's literally any number of instances I can pick from that it's like, oh, that's when they tried to get this across or when they tried to it's like, no, it's all all of it. It's all it's the whole text. It's the sacred Jedi text. It's the whole <laughs> book that they put in the, that they put in the movie. So there's like not one thing I can point to and be like, wasn't it cool when they drew this allegory to this? Because it's like you're right. It's like too much substance. Every couple of scenes, if it wasn't directly said in another scene, there's either something going on in the background or there's something happening that is constantly reminding you of what this movie is about. I think they fought hard to keep it under two hours because it's a runtime of one fourteen. I think if I remember. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of things to that point were like, we'll talk about it where when we first meet the daughter, she has a whole diatribe about what Barbie did to women's um, like self-esteem and well, I thought worth that and was everything. Interesting. But like what you're saying in these instances of these things, it's like, okay, like, so it's like, we're going, we need to like, I felt there were a lot of checking off of boxes in that regard for things. And to the effect, like they needed to do it. I think they did it well. And I think that it worked, but it was kind of like, okay, like here, we're going to introduce Barbie. We're going to introduce why Barbie's problematic. We're going to give Ken some like knowledge about, um, the patriarchy. Like that's exactly what I'm saying though. I thought that was the clever part. I thought the clever part was depicting pretty much like how little girls view their self worth through the bell curve of Barbie. I thought that was ingenious. Mm-hmm. I was like, what an angle and not only to that, take a fucking story about a toy. I thought that was the genius part. Yeah. So you, you have that, which is which is great. Plus you have the extra level of capitalism and consumerism yes. layered in there. Mm-hmm. Which, like I said, very like to tell that through the the vision of Barbie. And I love, first of all, I, I love any reference to the monolith. So opening with the monolith and being that little girls used to just have babies and then Barbie came along and Barbie was you. I understand. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just, I was talking to Kevin earlier, uh, I, uh, called him up just like, Hey, how you been? And uh, he was like, I just watched uh 2001 a space odyssey for the first time. He's like, I, I got high and I watched this movie and I was losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I and he, the, <laughs> just what does just it have picture, to do with the, yeah the monolith oh, oh right, yeah. right right so the mon the monolith and the like the apes too you know smashing stuff yeah. and like I, I loved that I thought what a great what a great and like it's good because it actually supports the story it's not just let's do a a, a fucking yeah. intro you know, thing and yeah. Helen Mirren as the narrator Helen Mirren as narrator mm-hmm. is great and she has that amazing line. Uh, after Barbie breaks down and cries yes. when they talk, yeah, when she, they, yeah. Note a note for the director. Yeah. She's like, if you're going to talk about a woman being ugly, Margot Robbie is not <laughs> who you want to cast. Uh, yeah, which our theater lost it. Oh, that yeah, one. that got big. Laugh. Um, so and the like I said, the monolith was really great. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then I after that with the song and the every and I was just like, oh no, I was like, this is now too much setup. You know what I mean? Like. There's, I felt like there was, I don't know. I just wasn't fucking into it. I, I don't want to be down on it. You know what I mean? Because personally, the, do you I mean think it the looks song, beautiful. The, the Lizzo, song in the general Lizzo song. or, or the, the song or the fact that they did it twice was the, too much setup. Well, um, 
I think do- that worked. Well, I think that worked. I think the doing it twice worked because it showed you the repetition. It, it was and like, like Squidward in Tentacle Acres. Yeah, but how she changed. You know what I mean? How yeah. she like wore blue that day instead of what you know what I mean? Like, and I thought that was that was you know. But then like, it's like all right, come on, like let's let's get to the meat here. You know what I mean? Like we already we did a prologue. You know what I but mean? But that's like, the thing. Like that is the meat of the movie. The meat of the movie essentially is. I want to say, like, I think the meat of this movie is the in-betweens of, like, big events happening. Like, the big, like, the main kind of pivotal points of the movie change the direction, and then you get meat with it. Like, for example, it's like Ken figures out about the patriarchy. Then you get all this meat about Kenland or Kenworld or whatever the fuck they call it. Yeah. Like, Kendom. Kendom, yeah. In his Mojo Dojo Casa houses. But, (laughs) like... I think it's that kind of thing. It's like the events of the movie weren't as important as they were like, it felt like a very big yes and. Yeah. And. So you thought this was improv. Yeah, Great improv. Actually, I feel like there was probably a lot of, not to say the whole thing was, but I feel like there probably was a ton of improv. Because you had Kate McKinnon and Will Ferrell. Well, actually, a fun fact is that when they were doing the choreo for the um, big bespoke dance number, um, they found out that Simu Lu could do a backflip and Ryan Gosling could not. Oh, that's, that's what that is. <laughs> that's why that, and Greta was there the day that they found out and they wrote that into the script nice. to be part of their like, um, Kennergy. What did you guys think of Kennergy? Simu Liu? He was great. I thought he was great. The internet did not love him in this. No, I, no. I thought he, truthfully that, you know, you go first. I thought he, tried to approach this as like you know a weird obviously counterpoint ken to ken oh look at those toes <laughs> little beans uh, beans thank you beans beets and beans uh i thought his was far too campy like he tried to do campy and he did campy bad you know what i felt like it felt like someone told him this is the most important performance of his career and he really went for it and he just didn't stick to landing like he put it like i i liked him much better as shang chi then I liked him in I, this. You're saying that he was campier than than Ryan Gosling. Well, Ryan, Ryan Gosling, Gosling was allowed to he, be campy. But the other thing was he rode he rode that line. He rode the tiger. Yeah, so he could see well. those stripes. <laughs> like he, okay, the other thing is like, listen, compared to the two of them, like Ryan Gosling is a more experienced actor actor than. I mean, he was a stunt guy, you know, beforehand. Was he really? Yeah. Um. So the I'm not saying he he wasn't. He didn't do acting. All right, before that's that, our but. that's our next Tom Cruise right there. It's okay. Uh, I'm calling it. Um, but the thing is, is like he, um, you know, so doing this to obviously it's a great opportunity, and why wouldn't he take it? It's the biggest opening movie of this mm-hmm. year, um, and he's featured in it heavily, of course. But Ooh, I just don't right. think he was he was the right. Yeah, choice. I'm not sure which which yeah, actor he's I talking about because right uh, Ryan Gosling um, almost did not agree to do this. Um, Margot Robbie had to promise him presents every single day. So, really? She brought him a present every single you day. You know about the, they did sleepovers? Yeah. Yeah. I, I had thought going into this, I mean, we I think we had this conversation where we were like, I was like, why Ryan Gosling? I was like, why don't you have a younger actor? Why don't you have like a more fit actor? Not that he's not fit. He's ripped in this, but. I think those pecs are fake. I, I, I think, think that's I think, supposed to be a joke. I think, right? I think, I mean, he's, he's ripped. He's he got ripped. ripped for it, but I think they definitely like spray brushed I, I him I felt the same way that yeah. leading up. I'm like, this feels like a weird choice. Yeah. It's a weird choice. And then I did like, there were two things that like came up as I was watching and I was like, oh, through his conversations of like, you know, when they're being dumb Barbies to try and attract the men. Uh, or the Kens to like, you know, get them 
unbrainwashed, Ken basically. Men. Ken men. Oh my god. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> Al Alan. But they're doing all the things where like they do that classic, like, let me take your glasses off and now you're a pretty librarian. I was like, oh yeah, like to me, Ryan Gosling is the stereotypical like romance, like the notebook. That's true. You know, yeah, like he's that, the like he's guy. the notebook guy and he's the like, you know, here's looking at you kid kind of guy in my brain. Um Ryan Reynolds. Good point. Ryan Reynolds. Which is he weird. He did those rom-coms for yeah. years. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's weird. It's like I have him so, and you guys too, you're like, yeah, the notebook guy. Yep. He, that's really like the only romantic role he's pretty much but been I in. Like also, I looked at a bunch of others. But he's still but that he's guy that, in our brain. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay. They're kind of like doing a little nod, like nod to that with it being Ryan Gosling and also giving him like slight redemption-y kind of thing for it. I think it's funnier because you're like, you took that man and then you put him in the stereotypical role and then you hung a lantern on it. I feel like Ryan Gosling, though, is the reason why they went with him is because they knew how well equipped he was to do this role in the sense that, like, he does action movies. He he do, um, he did that Blade have that Blade Runner movie he does dramas. He did drive like he does real serious shit. He did. Once um, upon the, a time in hot was he, no, no he did was, um, he did La La Land he did La well, what is the one that. I'm thinking of you're with, thinking of the good guys I yeah, think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. other um, guy no, yeah, no, no 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 the good oh no you're right good guys yeah. that's Mark Wahlberg um, yeah I saw that movie they look exactly Joe, the same I saw that movie with Joe and Danny and Ryan Gosling is also amazing in that but he's mm. like cursing and, and like you know he's playing yeah. a character written by Shane Black what so. did you say the name of that movie is that's the good guys the, I think the, uh, sorry. Uh, editor's note here: The nice guys. The, the nice, nice guys. guys thank you. The thank good, you. Yeah, this is a Walmart version. <laughs> the good guys. The good guys. We have uh, the good guys at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the nice, but the that's either way. He's really great in that too. And that's my point: is that they knew he could do all that, but then you see La La Land, and it's like, all right, can we combine the nice guys with La La Land? His ability to sing and dance. Now, um, I don't. I think his voice was okay, but it's obvious they did a lot of work to it when he we we sang. know he's we know he's not a singer, yeah. And I think they didn't try to make him like sing, but it, sing, dude, but it felt like you like guys, talk. you guys yeah. know the big musical numbers at the end of the Jackass movies. Yes, <laughs> when he when he's when he did the I'm just can. It felt like one of those Jackass. Yes, that's good. That's you know a good I mean? comparison. Like, that's exactly what it was like. You know. It was a, it was a, I was like, shit, they're really like, I was like, we had that Peaches song with the Mario movie. It's true. I was like, we're getting just Ken with this now. I mean, there's actually, there's, there's a lot of bespoke you just music made, for this, the, but. The, bringing it back to what you said earlier, like, oh, the top movies of this year are kids movies. Would you consider this a kids movie? I would it's not, like, it's a I, children's property. I would, I would consider this a family film. I really would because little girls can watch this and not know anything that's going on. But they're not being introduced to so like when I use adult, I'm, I mean like crude, but like crude humor. It's like this commentary type of humor yeah. on stuff that actually will affect them later on in life. Like uh, the dentist cousin, uh, she asked me how Barbie was and she has three young daughters. So I was like, honestly, I was like, it's more adult than I was expecting, but it's still family. I was like, you could probably bring the nine year old. Because she'll at least have a good time and she'll at least be introduced to these ideas in a certain way. Right. And yeah. like self-worth and how the world views you and like and also all, to all of these women in the film that are all good role models. You know what I mean? I was like, 
but like, but she will also laugh at the dumb jokes that are in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it has that perfect mix. I really do. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a kids movie in the sense of like a Pixar movie is a kids movie. Yeah. It's a movie that I would be comfortable bringing basically any age. Like if I if I was like, you know, if they're like, oh, okay, you're responsible for these people. <laughs> Mike, if there's a truckload <laughs> of children dropped off on your a, porch. Yeah, if there's a Lego box that's like ages 9 to 90, I'd bring them all to this damn oh, okay. movie. Okay, <laughs> that's a good analogy. Um, I was talking to a few friends if about If I had this school bus full of children <laughs> that I currently stole from the middle school parking lot. And it can't go under 55 miles an hour. <laughs> I, I would, would drive it straight into that theater. <laughs> I would comfortably show those children Barbie. <laughs> All right. Anyway, now Liz, I want I want to Liz, see. Now, please Liz, help me. You're the, Speed Liz, the kids movie. Liz, you're the main demo for this movie. <laughs> so am. in spoilerific Whew. details, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you thought? Um. Oh my God. Where to start? Oh my God. The first twenty minutes are like the most pink paradise <laughs> that I could ever imagine. I thought it was hysterical that everything was like no. There's no walls. There's nothing in these cups. Everything is actually just plastic. And she. I was, that's like where I was in trance. Like he was like, I was bored the first 20 minutes. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I thought it was beautiful, wonderful. I thought the, I don't know what I, like, I don't even know like what else to go into because like there, it was just to me, I was like, this is, this perfectly explains it. And just so you guys know, um, I actually was not allowed to have Barbies as a kid because my what? mom, my mom bought me a few and, um. All I did was wrap them in gauze because I wanted to be a vet when I was a kid. And then all I wanted was the clothes. And my mom is like, I'm not spending $50 on clothes. You're not even going to put on the dolls. You just want to stare at the clothes. Um, which is so like when when <laughs> Ken is throwing her clothes out of the Mojo Dojo Casa house. And it's like they're like flying up in the air and telling you what they are to me. I was like, you're right. Not the Palazzo pants. Do not throw the yeah. Palazzo pants out of the house. Like those are to be worshipped. Like this was just. It so you was you so made good. weird Barbie. I did make weird Barbie. Yeah. Like I it's got your fault. Yeah. No, I would that have definitely. She had, helps everybody. I, also. Yeah, I did have a weird Barbie. Um, I want to see Kate McKinnon in a Cynthia. That's movie. what I said. She looked yeah. like Cynthia. I need that. <laughs> Thanks for that, Pat. I saw you queuing that up. I know. <laughs> the moment that Liz said pink, I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> yeah, we're pink like vaginas. <laughs> I will but say, anyway. I, did, I did get a compliment on my nails, which are like oh, yeah. lightly Great Barbie job. themed. Yeah. Great job. Good for you. Good for you. Thank you. All right, but um, you get two points. So, okay, yeah. Pink Paradise. What'd you think of the commentary, though, as a woman yourself? Um, as a woman myself. I agreed with it because I'm I've actually been told like in the corporate workplace that I say sorry too many times because I'm a woman because I don't want to be too pushy and I you know want to come off as nice and friendly and it all does get stuff. under my skin that you apologize to me for just inter just daily exactly. interactions but like that's just, that's you know, what I was uh stop apologizing <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh, I'm the, sorry she does that oh <laughs> uh, guess what camera's not on you so that got totally missed. hey why don't you cut to me real probably quick? don't cut to probably him. for the best <laughs> All right, um, one of these days, Liz. <laughs> Straight to the moon. Um, but yeah, so as a woman who's worked in a very woman-centric retail space, and now I am like a customer-facing job in general, um, I get it. Like in retail, even though I was trying to sell people things, I worked at Victoria's Secret, so trying to sell bras and underwear to 
men, oh, they're all Kens. You're all the amount of men. And that this are is all the Kens. shit that I only just Ken. gave. This movie just gave white girls license to be like, oh, uh, men uh, are just uh, all uh, Kens. No, no, no. no That's I, not what it did. And no. you stopped that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, we could start it here. No. no, I will say the amount of men that would come up to me and, and they try to shop for their girlfriend or wives or whoever. And I'd be like, okay, do you know what size she wears? Yeah, she wears a bra. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, she, got, she, got, she has two. They're so like, like a two. They're like a little bit bigger than my than my hands right here. How about when they say and they probably come out to like, I like here, yeah. Or how about yeah, when they're, 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 they're like they're like no, hers, no. More, not like your like hers. Sir, yes. Oh no, that actually that oh, actually God. has happened to me. A man one time like looked me up and down and said probably about your size, and I was like, good sir, nice. not not in my presence. Um, not or in they my just, mojo dojo. They would. <laughs> Your they would, <laughs> and they would say, "Oh, don't I don't die. know, maybe a medium or a large." And I go, "Sir, you are going to buy her a medium, and if she needs to return it for a different size, then that's not on you." Because it was just, it's sir, this it, is a Wendy's. Yeah, it just like it put um, some really fun stuff into to context. I mean, I thought it was hysterical. Ken's vision of the patriarchy just being trucks and horses. That was so good. Him walking into the like corporate business center, and then. Literally just like them being like, what's up, dude? Hey, dude. That, He's like, they, they respect me. Uh, yes, that and just ate me alive when you said that, <laughs> sir, this is a Wendy's. Because like, that's really the best way to put no, it. But going back to that guy who is shopping for lingerie, he'd be like. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, yeah, no, it's. Um, I don't know. It was. It was nice to live in an imagination where kind of the, the stereotypical gender roles are swapped um, for a good 30, 45 minutes I will there. say it made sense of that really misogynistic joke in the trailer where Ryan Gosling's character, Ken, is like, he's like, um, he's like, can I speak to a doctor? And he's like, you are talking to one. <laughs> yeah, okay. And he's like, oh, there he is. Yeah. Like that. He's like, like, where's your white coat? And I remember being like, they put that in the fucking trailer. Like, okay. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Um... And uh, I like this whole idea that he learns what the patriarchy is and brings it back to Barbie land mm -hmm. and just just turns everything upside down. The books he grabs at the library are like men and war and like <laughs> war, they're so fucking funny. Yeah. Did, title, you see, like... did you see that the two first representations of men in the patriarchy were Bill Clinton and Ronald Reagan? Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow. okay, she's, you know, she gets it. She's spoken. Greta's a girl's girl, you know? She's a, it's it's a girl's girl. She's a girl's girl. You heard that too, right? I hear it. What was that? You just turned the, why you just turn the audio off? <laughs> um, but I so think, being that we're in spoilers yeah. now, um, I just wanted to bring up like what I was saying earlier. Mm -hmm. So the, the story you think in the beginning revolves around Barbie dealing with like depression and like human emotions. Yep. And then it, then it morphs into now Ken has taken Ken and all the Kens have taken over Barbie land and made it terrible. Then it's Barbie is saving the relationship between a mother and a daughter. And then it's the, but you also forgot, Oh shit, we have to bring back Barbie because Barbie in the real world is bad. The, yeah. The and then the Mattel people are coming to get Barbie. So to like, why are they going back? Like they're, they're the whole thing. The, yeah, the whole to, to me, like that's my big problem with it is so the Ken and the Kendom and all, all of that, I feel like 
should have been a sequel. This one should have been about like Barbie and her struggles and the mother and daughter. That that's a really tight well, story right there. Barbie's struggles were um, America Ferreras, who we do need to bring up. She was fabulous. Yeah, she was that, great. In that that yes. is her struggles. That's the representation. Which is of why her I think they need to be together. And, yes. Yeah. Um, but the, I think what they were getting at why the Mattel execs go back is because. I don't know if you noticed, as we turned from uh, Barbie Dream House to Ken's Mojo Jojo, uh, whatever, whatever. I'm sorry. I just slipped my mind. Those are what Classic was house. selling yes. on the trucks. So, like, they think they need to go oh. back and fix it so that we go back to the status quo of Mattel and selling Barbie Barbies. Well, that, because yeah. well there is one that guy who's whole. like, oh, if it's selling, who gives a fuck? Just yes. Let, yeah. Well, that, that's the whole thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Barbie's feeling depressed because her... At her, the woman who owned her a while was, back, yeah. she was being depressed. So there's that parallel and Barbie has to fix it. She goes to the real world and there's problems. And Barbie being in the real world causes a shift in everything, which happens. But it does. It's, it's does Barbie cause the shift or does Ken bringing back it's, knowledge? Technically, it's Ken bringing back knowledge, but it's the same thing as base. It's like self-fulfilling. It's like Barbie goes to the real world and a, a shift is supposed to happen independently in the Barbie world. Here's another question. Was... What Ken was doing in Barbie Land, making the sales of the kingdom yes. happen in the real world, or was that happening in the real world affecting Barbie Land? Like, oh, was is Barbie Land like the uh, microcosm see, little thingy, or yeah. is it, or is it like a Mobius strip where so, there's no real beginning? I think it's, I think it's that. Well, I, the, but that's um, a great, that's a great take. See, here's the thing: I didn't even think about that because the scene at the end of the film where she decides, where she asks her mother. If she can become a real person for a split second. I remember thinking and I remember it. I was sitting there going, how could I was like, nope, nope. We're not even going to open up that can. That ain't the movie for this. Like it does not care. And it's not. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's better I, like, to just let it, it let you know that it does not give a shit about the logic of how this all works. No. Yeah. They're like, like you're you're throwing. I, that's why I was just like, I do not care. Fuck that. Like it's I, not meant to be taken like that. I did like the Matrix. I'm going to call it a Matrix call out. Where like she walks into the kitchen and she finds them, you know the Ruth who made all the oh, Barbies. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was like, this feels like the Matrix. I was um, like, she's gonna get a spoon and they're gonna make a joke about yeah. it. Like, uh, I died at the fucking Snyder cult call out. That oh, was that was awesome. That, that, and here's that the thing: joke you, happened. Knew, you knew who the true fucking people who like movies yeah. were because there was only like was six like, of us that laughed. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, they fucking I'm so brought glad. that up. I was, I was walking out to go use the bathroom, and as I was rounding the corner to the hallway, that joke happened. I'm like, I'm so glad I caught that. Yeah. That was fucking so funny. I was like, uh, this, this, yeah, this script is written fantastically, dialogue-wise, story-wise, not, like not, cr- not, not great. It's not like cringe, yeah. No. Um, so yeah, I don't have too much more to say about no. Barbie. I, I, we you need to t- close this out here on we Barbie. Need to, we need to talk about Will Ferrell's character. Yes, we do. I, we do. That so whole we, we arc with spoken a whole lot. He about said the Alan funniest either. line in the movie. I know he said the funniest line in the whole movie, but this is what I was talking about as the villain before. I was like, his entire arc could have been cut out. Yeah, like yes. there, there did not need to be any like it. It could have it could have served its purpose as it being an all male board of Barbie. That was the joke. Yeah, and that's the only joke you needed with it. And then Will Ferrell to say. I don't want to be that guy, but I did look up like the Mattel, like 
like I was just doing my you, research. You went onto their about I, us page. I was just doing some so, light so who's, research. Who's on that leadership? You were doing there is six women on the All board right. of Mattel. How, how large is the board? I think there's like twelve members. Yeah, it's not. Right? It's, okay. not, it's, like it's a not about. Board. It's not about yeah. Mattel directly. I don't think it's, it's an, supposed to be a direct yeah. line. It's just an allegory for yeah, like exactly the thing where it's like you know lawmakers who are all men are making because, things about women. Yes, yes. because that. there's the whole joke where Ken is in the lobby and he's saying. The guy's like, well, do you have an MBA picture. or a PD, uh, PH, a PDA, what, a PDA. PhD? And he's like, no. Do and you he, have a public display of affection? And then he's like, he's like, so you hire women? And he's like, well, we're just better at hiding. Yeah, he's it. he's like, so the patriarchy's not working. He's like, it is. We're just good at hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I thought it was funny how she goes in there and she's like, CFO, and a guy raises his hands. Head of the Barbie division, and a guy raises his hand, and she's like. What? And Will Ferrell's like, well, we had a woman CEO in 1990 and one other time. So that makes two. Yeah. yeah. That was um, good. That was funny. I Wait, love what when he called the... her a Jezebel. Yeah. That and he's like, can you funniest... not call her a Jezebel that anymore? Was, that felt like improv. I... The, like, what did he say to her? He goes, he said like, something about. Yeah. Um, because she wouldn't yeah, get, she wanted get to get in, in the, the box. box. You sweet Jezebel or yeah, something, something like that. Like... And then he said something about like three of them were three of them were Jewish or something like, oh, like, yeah, or, like, yes. like when I heard those, I was like, Will Ferrell improv. Yeah, for sure. I was like, that's what I came here for. And then I feel like, and then like everything else was like his normal antics of like, and then I just don't feel like he was ever utilized at all. I was I, like, how did you get him in this? And then you're not even going to use him as much as you like, don't get me wrong. Will Ferrell can be too much, but this was a capacity in which he, if you gave him the right set of rules, he would not have been too much yeah. or you could, or he could have overdone it and then you could have cut some stuff out. And I think, but they, I feel I like think there was no did. attempt. I think they did cut a bunch out with them because their whole storyline felt very jagged and random. And there were points, there were points where I forgot about them and that yes. they were coming in. And then I was like, Oh, you know how like movies do that thing where they like, just don't bring them up for a while. They don't bring up the villain or they don't bring up like the bad thing. And then it comes back up and you're like, Oh yeah, I that's, thought they were going to do that here. Suspense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you forget. that's how it I didn't. felt when they got back to when they, he shows up in Barbie land. I was like, Oh, right. Will Ferrell's in this. I almost wish they would have kept them too, just like boardroom execs. Yeah. And all they cared about was making money because I feel like Ken and Barbie had such good arcs. Like they both individually had their own storylines where they learn, need to like learn about themselves as individuals, Barbie's was like very confusing and emotional. And Ken's was just this like patriarchy rant where he kind of learns like, oh, I was like way too far into Barbie and now I'm way too far on the other side and I need to find this happy medium. But Will Ferrell's goes from boardroom exec to I care about little girls and their dreams, but not in a creepy way. And I'm like, I that was funny. too. I yeah. was, that was a really funny line, but I'm like. How did we get there? Like America Ferrer's speech, like, like just yeah. just did that for yeah. you? Like, what happened from point from the time you left Venice Beach and you got to Barbie Land? See, Where did we get? Uh, I'm glad that I do this because you guys introduced me to new perspectives, and it's like, yeah, this was really messy, but it's also it's just like, but how did I feel? Well, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's that's why I gave it a higher rating. I was like, it's messy, but it's also kind of like I don't care. Like it can be messy. This is, this is empty calories. Ultimately. Yes. Yeah. 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 But and like, uh, it's, it's, it's a good. It's, 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 a, it's a good. It's a cold good. Schlitz on a warm summer day. I was. I was good. Uh, it's not a cold <laughs> shit on a summer day. I said Schlitz. I, know, yeah. <laughs> I think it's like a pint of Ben and Jerry's. You're like, this is great. Uh, I'm gonna eat the whole damn day. thing <laughs> on a hot summer day. Like you know when you should be drinking water. 
<laughs> All right, that's the call out. So, do we have anything else for Barbie? What was the funniest joke you said in the, the whole movie? The funniest line in the movie was the Jezebel thing. Yeah, you thought funny, that was the funniest. I part. thought that was the funniest line, the delivery of it, not necessarily like the creativity. I like Will Ferrell, like whatever. I thought he was, he was good. I think the it. Zack Snyder line is the best. I mean, that was good that was too. the best for our demographic. Yeah. Well, for who? No, 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 no. It's not a demographic. That it's, was the best for the four the people in the theater who understood. It was for somebody at Warner Brothers was like, we got to get this in there, and like they know, we know, like the same people know. Mm. It's like they, they. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. For I this. do want to one last tiny little thing to wrap it up. I thought was a great red thread throughout it um throughout the movie uh they use less makeup on margot robbie progressively yeah. throughout it mm-hmm. until she becomes you know more like understanding of what, like her role and everything until i thought she that becomes was pinocchio until she becomes mm-hmm. pinocchio and has a big nose but no, well, well, no because mm. Nick, oh, that yeah. kind of ties into the very last line of the movie i'm here to see a gynecologist that and was that so fucking just like pinocchio I need you guys to understand there's a time in every girl's life where somebody comes up to you and goes, you need to see a gynecologist. And you're like, what the fuck? And you are not prepared for what happens the first time you step into an office. Yeah. I um, think that was the best button to end that movie. It was. On. It, it was, was. It was very much like, I am Iron Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. That's exactly what it was like. You I, know? Thank you for bringing that up. Yes, I, because there is a great meme of pictures of Margot Robbie in that outfit, just like walking down the street. And the caption just says, you have no idea yeah. where this scene is going. And yeah. it was perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, with that. I let her have her way. So, um. <laughs> Bruh. Should we transition? Should we transition? Should we transition here? To uh, to what 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 we've really all been looking forward to this time, Paw Patrol. Speak for yourself. I am okay. <laughs> I speak for the men in this room. Okay, this is the boys' movie. I speak for the wanna, trees. You want to get Liz's dad in here? I feel. Did he see it? Did he, he go did see not it? see it? I don't think he'd see this. He would never sit through it. Yeah, it's he too can't. long. Oh. It's too long. But it's yeah. about history. It's it prostate matter. man, and it's it's a it's little it's long. a little it's a little bit like you know. American heroism. I think, so. I you're, think you're stirring up the dragon over there. He's, he's fine. He's fine. He's oh, getting in killing do position. Whatever you do, if you touch his stomach, touch the bean. Oh, you just touch, touch the, the stomach, bro. It's over. It's over. And it's worse as he knows. I'm like, you're cute, and I want to fuck. I want to pet the shit out of you. Right it looks soft. <laughs> <laughs> God, God damn. damn it! It looks soft. All right. Anyway. Oh, he's doing it. He's doing. Yeah, it. he's asked. Oh. This is pre-attack mode, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh, he's getting ready. Yeah. Yeah, he's trying to lure you in. Nick, pay no mind to him. Look this way. Look this way. All right. So, <laughs> the sirens call. So, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, Oppenheimer. Uh, I saw this today and I was fresh off a of migraine. I had that rawness in your ear canal that you have. And boy, that was hard. You felt like Killian Murphy eating one almond a day. <laughs> I did. I did. Did he do that? Yeah. Uh, or that, Florence, was his, that was Florence, his diet. Florence Pugh said he ate like one almond a yeah. day. Yeah. Um, he might have had two. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, so yeah, so I saw this this morning. Originally, like I said before, I was supposed to, we were supposed to go in the city to see the 70 millimeter, but we had something come up. And but the theater burned down. That's right. And then the, there's these issues with the 70 millimeter. And then like, look, I'm sure it looks beautiful in 70 millimeter. His beautiful blue eyes. You don't need to see this movie in 70 millimeter. I'm sure it looks wonderful. However, I have seen one other time that Chris Nolan did 70 millimeter. Uh, not the one other time, but the but but one of his earliest implementations of it. It was The Dark Knight Rises. And this was back when you saw an IMAX movie. You had to go to like an 
a legit IMAX theater that wasn't just one in every AMC. Mm-hmm. And when the movie was playing, everything that wasn't shot in IMAX had two big black bars on a giant fucking screen that was 35 millimeter. But when it switched over to IMAX, the full fucking wall was the movie screen. And it was the loudest and most intense movie <laughs> I had seen up until that point. It was fucking insane. And thankfully, because they shot most of that movie in IMAX, it was only like the dialogue scenes. couple things. Yeah. yeah. So the um, boring shit. So but even then, like that's yeah, the boring the shit. skippable the, scenes. the shit that you don't need to fucking put on an IMAX camera. You know what I mean? <laughs> Either way, though, um, of just generally, I went into this and I was like, Christopher, like I, I'm, I'm a little biased here. Christopher Nolan's my favorite, favorite filmmaker of all time. Uh, I think his movies vary in quality, but I think they're all at least baseline good. Like you'll have a good time watching them regardless. Um, Magnum Opus, I don't know yet. I feel like that's yet to be time. seen. Um, however, this You're is very de- confident, Mike. However, Mike's, Mike's giving a stinky face. <laughs> God damn, that is this. Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah dude, Mike's dude, that, going. Mike's that, going full oh, stank. That's a filthy, filthy solo. <laughs> oh no, he's out of this world. Oh, no. God damn, that was fucking. Oh, that was tasty. Stank was rank. <laughs> so and the room was pank. Anyway. Somebody, somebody edit that so Mike's actually playing <laughs> I'll, fucking I'll organ. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, um, so. Uh, yeah, Magnum Opus, I don't know yet. That being said, it's certainly up there. It's one of his better movies. Let me, and Mike, if if you're so confident that this is not anywhere near his best movie, what do you think is a contender? Well, I think we get to that later, right? You, yeah, have, yeah. you have that bit planned. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, and just like non, and like I said, just non spoilers. Um, I think that this is one of. The most one of the best written movies I've ever seen. This movie doesn't have a single real action sequence in it, and yet it is the most one of the most visually stunning films I've seen in my life. Incredibly tense. Uh, somehow incredibly tense. It is. It's it, um, for that. It's the music, which yeah. we'll get into. the The score of this film held the entire tension of it. And the other thing was that. Um, for the first hour or so, I was like, I can't believe this is a Chris Nolan movie. I was like, this is not even close to like what I imagined. Like it looked like one. It was edited like one. It it was like it had all it, it was just something I'd never seen him do before. Just dramatic dialogue and character scenes and everything. Mm-hmm. And then when it got to act two, when it was like, let's get ready to build this fucking bomb, which spoilers, they build the bomb. Um, uh, um, I, I said to Liz in the theater, I was like, this feels like Christopher Nolan now when they, you know, when, when they're into like, like the- okay, so here's how, here's how I described it. I have been in many situations when doing a show or when, or when we played in bands in college or when we threw shows together, we've worked on multiple creative projects, right? And it's always somebody's trying to see something out and we're always there to help each other out. That's how it always was, right? How successful it was was limited based upon a number of factors. But we, well, how many people were puking in the driveway? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. What a, what a, what a, coming what a throw, after you. What a throwback. <laughs> um, but, like, my point is, is that it gave me that sense of when it felt like Inception when um, 
Cobb gets everybody together and like he's calling stuff out and then like it would cut to the next thing that they're the working flow state on. Yeah, exactly. Film, yeah. That's what it felt like. It felt like a, a group of people, qualified people who got together and got in a flow state and like Chris Nolan knows how to do flow state really well and that it that's I was like oh shit like I have felt this I know what they're going through that yeah. type of thing um or at least I felt probably what they're feeling it wasn't until the morality complex of what they were building started to play in that it started to become way more detached from right. what you would feel and then you're on this fucking wild ride and it's like a legal drama yeah like, and it and yeah. like here but all of it is amazing you know what I mean and it all and it all and like the thing is like. You know, you, you guys ever see Walk the Line? Yeah. Okay. You know how that Thinking movie I'd ends? I'd like to try me some of that cocaine. Exactly. Exactly. That's what, that's that's pretty much how it ends. Mm-hmm. Like he like they they just walk off into the sunset pretty much. They walk the he, line. Yeah, and then he dies whenever the fuck. Um, and then I'm trying to think of there's other movies where basically like it's just a character story, and then it's like their death or like the this was like. This was presented like a summer blockbuster, but it's like a fucking Lawrence of Arabia type of epic character saga about this person's life and the influence that they not only had on um, the people around them, but the world at large and how they changed history. This is a very old school movie, Mm -hmm. but shot with technology and the sensibilities of Christopher Nolan. And it is fucking awesome awesome as soon as it was over i was like that was fucking incredible like that's something that like out of all the chris nolan movies when i when i have kids i'll be like you motherfuckers ain't seen shit until you've seen oppenheimer you know what i mean magnum opus like i said oh you better be watch seen. out mike's gonna start making a stank but, face again but, but, <laughs> oh no oh no he's got the organ yeah. oh, no, oh the bass solo oh, oh no it's just an e-note <laughs> so uh you have disturbed. Dude, you fucking the bass solo woke up Nico, bro. Hey, it's the subs. It's a podcast cat, everyone. Podcat. Podcast. It's like it's like the bodega cat. Podcat. Yeah. Um I want to pet him. Can I can I can I can I do my piece on? No, this, Nick this. Nick has to touch a beam okay. first. Touch. Uh, um touch. You may uh so yeah, I, I I agree with like all all of what you said I fully agree with. I have to massively call out two things that made this movie fantastic for me was <laughs> Florence Pugh's, Florence Pugh's left. T- no, I'm kidding, but and the, the right one. and the right one, the acting by everyone in this is unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every single person. I mean, Robert Downey Jr.'s character is his acting job is fucking out of this world. He did a real paint job. He did a real paint job all over <laughs> this. On Solo was good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> every went, everybody. He went toe to toe with RDJ in dialogue scenes, and I don't think he just held it own. I think he matched the energy. He, he clapped like, back. Oh, yeah, that, holy shit! That oh. that last scene that he's in, we mm. can talk about it. He mm. really shined in that yeah. one. And um, then and then we'll, we'll we'll get into the acting and everything. Yeah. The use of silence and kind of like split yep. perspective from the internal like perspective of Oppenheimer and all of like a yeah. lot of the open space. Well, was- we should specify real quick. So this movie has black and white sections and full color sections. And Christopher Nolan said the black and white sections are things that they know that happened and that they could trace back with fact. Hence why it is black and white. Mm. These things really happen. Yeah. The color stuff is the more is embellished the yeah. 
sides of his life. Yeah. yeah. The biggest issue I had with this movie, and it's 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 stupid because I I feel like I was like, yes, this was based off a book, right? I mean, like this was yeah, off of that. Actually, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because you know where you got the book from. When they finished shooting Tenet, Robert Pattinson gave him uh, American Prometheus. Is that what it's I called? I think it's called that, yeah. And, that would make uh, sense because they do all the Prometheus. It's, an, it's a book of Robert, Robert Op, J. Op, whatever his name is, Oppenheimer's speeches. And when he finished reading it, he's like, I read that cover to cover. And I was like, I knew I had to make this movie. Yeah. So, but shout out to Batman again. Shout out. <laughs> the, the framing device through which they tell this story and which Robert Downey Jr.'s character serves as a role yeah um for me not because i didn't want to like look up too much about this or do anything like i felt that was so extraneous and wasn't really you didn't like the framing device i thought it was weird because it felt like it didn't affect anything about oppenheimer's life and it's just him being told about like it like because it's it's Wait, which, which, well, I'm sorry. I, this would probably make more sense in spoilers. I don't want you to bring it back up again because I do want to get into this. Um, but just on a surface level, I, I heavily disagree which with is, you. Which is totally, which is totally that. fine. I really didn't like the device at which Robert Downey Jr.'s character is. I think we, like Pat said, which we, we, I want to explore this deeper and see if yeah. we can, you know, that would be great if, yeah, if, if you can. Around. But what I loved about it was, the more actual like linear storytelling elements of well like, it's, it's 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 a nolan movie i don't I, I don't even know if you could call this i don't want to say lin- but the the linear through line of oppenheimer's life that story i liked a lot better rather than incorporating what they did with the robert downey jr stuff watch the organ oh <laughs> sorry i'll turn it off yeah um <laughs> but i like to me that felt like i was like shit like I wish it was, and we'll go into it. More, I wish it had a better like connection for me because Robert Downey Jr.'s performance was insane, and it felt to me, I was like, sh- I was like, it's not like I was like, this isn't touching emotionally where it needs to be touching for me. And I feel that whole performance he did, I was just like, fuck, that could have been like such a good performance elsewhere or something. I, th- I think this would really benefit from a second viewing or as many as you'd like to do after it because going into it not knowing how what the repercussions of just what Oppenheimer says has like the effect that it has after this project is over the Manhattan project and the Trinity tests so much of the movie you don't realize like how how much when of the story much, focuses that on that contextualizes it retrospect yeah. you find out like i knew okay i started viewing the movie from a different angle I won't tell you. I won't tell you here in non-spoilers. But a character said something like, "You're no longer a this. You're, you're a, a this." Yeah. As soon as that happened, I was like, "That's your. That is a Chris Nolan tell yeah. if I've ever heard and one." It, it could have been just that I wanted to be spoon-fed a little bit more yeah. about some information. It definitely made you work for it. Yeah, and I, I'll take. I'll they take, got away from me at one point because I asked her at one point. I was like, "Look." It's getting ahead of me. What's happening yeah, right I'll, now? There's I'll, one I'll, point I was like, I really thought Josh Peck was Vaseline face. I thought so, I thought too. So. <laughs> we all thought so. I was so They look too much alike. upset that he was not utilized He looks like, more. yeah, he looks like the cousin that got stung by a bee. Like, yeah. <laughs> but um, everything else outside of it, and I'm, I'm, I think absolutely great point. Like from a second watch, I would have an entirely different opinion on it. Um, I felt like I did parts of it did run away for me, though. Yeah, that's fair. It's a three-hour political drama 
and it it's breakneck Super speed. Political, yeah. It's it is fast. The, the way I've been describing it is like this movie is a runaway train. It like the and the whole motif of the stomping. It sounds like a train, just like you know, like the, the train in fucking Mission Impossible. You ain't stopping that motherfucker. It reminded me of the Inception train too. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's always some sort of like overlap in imagery in all of Christopher Nolan's films that represents something about the character. And in this particular sense, Inception, obviously that's a more literal sense because the whole fucking like train bit, you know, they throw themselves yeah. on the train. And then, uh, and this movie with the train tracks, like something getting away from them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Something that they've created is now getting out of hand. It's out of control. Yeah. And I really, I like I said, I love that because it's never like, there ain't no like, it's not like Jurassic you you Park 2 where they're screaming and it cuts to a, a subway shrieking yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Well, like this is You this. can't put the genie back in the bottle. Exactly, kind of exactly. And that's what I felt. Uh, Liz, what did you, what'd you think of this movie? Um, I thought it was good. I actually, I don't know if anybody else saw this. I saw a um, promo. I probably saw it on TikTok. That's where I let us see a lot of my movie information. That when this was written, it was written from Oppenheimer's point of view. So all the acting was done around Killian Murphy. So it was like like he does this and then your character does this. So it was written like he moves towards the window and then, you know, whoever is in the room with him, you know, follows. Like da 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 da. Florence Pugh puts it back in. <laughs> she do. Um I Yo, it's in the movie. I okay? know, but like it's like the they Chris Christopher Nolan had to talk to an intimacy coordinator saying, was that color or black and white? That was absolutely (laughs) color, boy. Um, We saw it twice. We we did. (laughs) I was like, yeah. (laughs) We, 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 we puts his sunglasses. (laughs) We do need to bring up during spoilers during the interview. He was like, when they do the call back to that. Amazing. Oh God. Um, That was so good. He was like, (laughs) <laughs> so uh all right um so I, yeah uh, yeah but keep Liz. going about Could the I, script yeah, okay. yes um yeah so after like hearing that about it's the written script, from the first person is what yes, you mean to say yes so I, he's dreaming yeah he's about dreaming. committing war crimes because that's what he is <laughs> he's a domestic terrorist he's, no he's no he's actually we are all domestic terrorists <laughs> he's uh if if he, we're comparing him to anyone in the movie he's the rdj he of this is the household. rdj yeah. of this household yeah. it's, you think he's a good guy but he's not. not a good guy which like what a turn it's like we need a villain for the third what a great twist okay, hold what on. a spoiler yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, it's, hold his, on. Anyway, it's history. It's history. So, yes. Yeah. So, I did enjoy, like, after learning <laughs> after learning that, I feel like I had a really good perspective going into the movie, um, which I enjoyed. I felt it was good. I thought, like, the pacing was fine. Everything was good. But, my God, everyone had such a complicated last name. And I get it's history. These are real people with I real know, last names. I know, and they were just throwing them out there. And I'm like, I can't always keep up with what Heisenberg. these people are named. That was it. All that the, was, I remember that. All the Breaking that. Bad yeah. fans were like, yeah. Walt? Walt? <laughs> if this is a Quentin Tarantino movie, there was a possibility of that happening. But No, the Quentin Tarantino movie was Barbie because we saw so much feet. Yeah. <laughs> that was... uh, all right. But so... overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't find myself really checking my phone or anything like that. Um, you weren't watching the, the TikTok live girl? Gang, pinky, gang, pinky gang, doll. gang. <laughs> Ice cream, so good. So Ice good. cream, so good. <laughs> Ooh, no spicy. 
Just so you guys know, she's uh she's going to Hollywood to do some acting. She's so making a lot of money. Making seven. She's a scab. No, she is. Yeah, she like it's very possible making that she will be a scab. So she'll never be able to join the union. Well, she don't I don't think it. she cares. Okay. Yeah. Did right. you did you talk about what what you thought about the movie? I kind of inter in, inter any like any first, anything to non spoiler. Uh, I I give it a ten out of ten. I just like I have no critiques. It was incredible. Yes, it did. There were times where I was kind of like. This is a lot, but I give it leeway because it's a historical drama and we're cramming a lot of history into three hours. And it just, all the performances were incredible. The music was incredible. The writing, directing, every, there was not a single thing I could say I didn't like about um, it. I sat there and hold, held my bladder for like the last hour. I was like, I'm not walking out of this theater. Yeah, when we got to the Hot. hour mark, I had to piss. And I did have I to just pee. held it. Yeah. I got so bad that when I stood up, my, my wiener hurt a little bit. I was That's like, okay. Oh. And then I went you to can bathroom. tell the fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wiener hurt. Well, I was gonna my, say my pee pee. I was literally. Uh, well, I was gonna say something else, but it, like, how come whenever I try to clean it up, you you give me shit anyway? This happened when I said schlong too, and you were like, "Well, I don't think schlong is beating the halfway point. Yeah, yeah schlong like, is vile. Yeah. I la I was just laughing because my wiener hurt was funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not critiquing. Oh, sorry, I'm a little sensitive. Okay? My wiener. So hurt. is your wiener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frenulum. <laughs> All right. So, um, what do you what are you giving it? Or do you, do you want to do you want to ponder? I, no, no, no. I I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna. What's give left it, to ponder, bro? I'm giving it a nine out of ten. Wow. And the reason for that is because <laughs> it made my pee pee hurt. Chris, <laughs> Christopher Nolan needs to learn how to mix dialogue. I missed the first. I want to say two minutes of the movie's dialogue because I couldn't understand in German, a Pat. fucking <laughs> word they were saying. It was in German. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, she's trying to gaslight me right now. Fuck, was it in German? Like, ich bin ein Oppenheimer. Yeah. The fuck's he saying? Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, I couldn't understand a fucking word they were saying. Like, RDJ's talking to Alden Ehrenreich. I'm like, I don't even know what they're saying right now because the music is so fucking loud that's the thing is you say he's got to learn but he just he's doing it on purpose it's like it's not even like it's a character it's a it's got to learn and he just bought the fucking blu-rays it's not for like the it's 4K not like it's a fault others. he's doing it on purpose for some reason i don't understand it and like the thing was is so when they first did when they did bane in the dark knight rises right they did like if you went and saw mission impossible ghost protocol in imax the first five minutes of the dark knight rises playing like the plane heist right mm -hmm. And people complained after seeing that, being like, you can't understand a fucking word Bane is saying. So they made him re-record all the dialogue for Bane later on. And Bane sounds significant. They didn't even ADR it. It's just underneath the mask audio. Well, that's what it was. <laughs> really? It really was wow. that. It was on set audio. So then they ADR'd everything again. And it might have even been the case that they just put out a version that wasn't done yet. For years... For years, guys, there's been one line in that movie. I never knew what it meant until one day somebody had the movie on with subtitles and the part was, was coming up. It was actually uh, Michael Caine, <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> you know you know the part uh, where he's like, and this gives you power over me? And he's like, I'm here. T I'm Gotham's Reckoning. And then he said something else for years. I was like, what the fuck did he even say? He says, I'm here to end the borrowed time you've all been living on. Like that. Oh, I've never heard that for line in that movie. For years, I have heard... I'm here to end the ball of and then it I, ball of yarn. Yeah, <laughs> the ball of yarn you've been knitting with. Yeah. 
It's time. That's like, it's a weird metaphor, yeah. but okay, go off, Bane. So, um, I had, I, I had given this initially, and you're going to yell at me, but I'm going to also take it back now. I had given this. Take it back now, y'all. So, I'll, I'll, well, I'll contextualize it first. Coming out of it and being like, I don't know why they, I was mad <laughs> from the Robert Downey Jr. stuff from what I've already explained. And I, or I was just a little bit frustrated. Um, and I was just kind of like, I was like, why was that there? I was like, why was it like this? I liked this part of that. And I'm really mad because he fucking killed it. And it seemingly is not important, but we've fixed this. Um, I had given it a, a seven in my head, oh, which shit. again, like, and now I, now I would, I'd probably, I'm going to leave it with my Barbie eight and a half. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. But, Damn. but only, only because of you saying, literally you saying like it, it warrants a second watch. And I think that makes a really good movie if it yeah. warrants a second watch. Not from a confusing standpoint. Yeah, I, I would but like, obviously, you know, not that I want you to go out and w watch it again in theater. I want to see it in IMAX. I yeah. didn't get to. So. so when you do do it, I'd love for you to actually come back and give us uh, your perspective. Do-do. Liz? Do-do. Um, I'm going to give it a nine and a half again. Okay. I'm gonna say that. This gave it a higher score than I did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was. I'm I, fucking shocked. I actually Listen, didn't. You're, you're giving it. You're taking a full point off for the yes, audio in the this, first okay. scene. All right. So I didn't have a problem with the music. Every single one of his the movies music or is the, like that. the dialogue. Can't fucking hear not anything. You, Liz. You're really getting schlong. I did not. I actually there was a scene, and I wish I could remember better what was happening. But there was a scene where there was violins playing in the background. And can I tell you, I did not notice those violins until like halfway through the scene. And was I was it early in the movie. No, I know what you're talking no, about. Like the, there was this through. scene. It's like, yeah, it's, it was not, about. it's not, can you write music? It's, can you hear it? And mm. then the violins yes. come in. I think it's after that. I'd ha I obviously would have to rewatch this movie to I tell you specifics about every single scene. There's so much going on. Um, but I was sitting there and I go, that music was so good in that scene i didn't even realize it was happening and that's how much i was enjoying that. that's scene. the best type of music, film score yeah, yeah. yeah like, this this score this score is 12 out of 10 yeah, yeah. like um was the, it ludwig Göransson? yeah i really just assumed it was going to be hans zimmer they haven't worked together in quite some time actually really yeah. what was the last thing they did together uh dunkirk that's not that long ago 2017 what has he done in between tenant and um, well, Tenet, yeah, that movie was lame. And this, and this, yeah. So that's he's, two, that's one, two films. There was well between. There oh, was only between, one yeah. movie. Um, what was the other? Who did, who did this score for Tenet? Also Ludwig Göransson. I think so. Yeah, um, he does everything. He did um, Childish Gambino's first, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, first album, right? Wait, uh, not first, not but first album, but uh, Awaken the, My Love. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he did the other one too. I think he did the. Uh, that's the first time I became aware of him. So maybe he did. Oh, it. that's yeah. it's backwards. I was wondering what fucking song did Childish Gambino write for Oppenheimer because yeah, I saw yeah. the tweets and was like what a musical leap and it's yeah, like Childish no, he, he Gambino produced. I was like what he did music on this but um <laughs> I was like, You're like oh he was on Oppenheimer was like, what the fuck it's like Oppenheimer Damn. dropping the bomb in um, <laughs> um somebody edit that to put a beat under that <laughs> I think it's just fucking writing hits for days hey, man there. I'm in the um, zone there was so and then the like I said low um, state <laughs> So uh, the other, so the one thing I wanted to mention was just like, like I said, it's just the the negative sound mixing, and I'll get into it in spoilers. You're gonna take a whole point off for that. Yeah, I one am. whole point. Yes, I am. He's not, not half a point. He's not gonna change it. Don't worry. Yeah, I really thought this was gonna run the board. This movie, but 
Uh, it did not. I mean, it's how did I wind up giving it the highest score it's versus like nine. the biggest Nolan fan that I know? I mean, well, here, like I said, dude, it's it's in the, every the fucking two minutes movie. of dialogue that I couldn't understand. <laughs> it's in every movie. Well, no, that and know, there's other know, parts <laughs> of the movie that's fucking hard to hear what's going on too. And I'm not the only person who who says it. Those stamping feet were too loud. <laughs> that didn't bother me. <laughs> it's just the dialogue's too low. <laughs> that's the problem. I did. I did actively think at this movie. I was like. Oh, this is like if I watch this at home, it's gonna be a shit show. <laughs> like yeah. Trying to you're gonna be you guys volume up, right, volume yeah. down. So you guys really want to laugh? No. Liz and I watched this. I heard that the tenant mix was awful. I was like, damn, okay. I was like, I, like I hadn't seen any scene, like I hadn't seen anything from it. So Liz and I watched the whole fucking movie, and I'm like, wow, this sound mix is fucking. And I mean, like the dialogue was inaudible, in audible. Right, yeah, but this this the music was still good. All the background, I was like, I don't get why he mixed the audio to be pretty much inaudible. We right? thought it was like some sort some of some like sort of like he was doing, he was yeah. doing right, and it was to the point where like, it you could hear it very low in the mix, right? But like, and it, it, it was just it just wasn't pronounced. Like you couldn't hear it at all. And I was like, this is what people were. Coming. I was like, all right, well, and like even then, like I went to I to fucking Reddit and to the subreddit and I'm pretty sure the review's still there and I was just like, hey, so I finally watched this movie. I was like, I totally get what everyone was talking about about the sound. It's fucking awful. How could they have released this like this? Liz's parents watched a concert on the TV the night before. It sounded better. And switched the fucking settings the preset to emphasize music or music. whatever. Yeah. So then Joe and Dan come over to watch it and I was like, I'll watch it a second time. And I go, hey, and I hit this and we start watching it and the dialogue is fine. I'll, I'll I tell you like, right now, it oh. did not change my opinion of that movie, though. <laughs> yeah, it's still pretty yeah. mid. I mean, it's still, yeah, it's still pretty mid. Would you rank that as probably your, your least favorite Nolan movie? It's certainly down there. Because I haven't seen every, every all of his you movies, know, right. but it's low. I'm, 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 I'm revising mine. I'm taking a point off because they put 50-star flags in it. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I don't all know. Right. I don't know. I looked at those flags really closely when they came up, and it's they're the, spaced you can, out. You can, just t- you can, can tell ju- by the pattern, just the, whatever the sequence is, you can tell. All right. 19. Okay. okay. That, that seems like a big oversight by the props department. Then was it was that was it a joke that I saw as what Christopher Nolan justified it as? Was that a joke? What do you say? It was like it was to represent all of the other like American territories and other things. Like oh, I don't know, I don't. Care. I was I was like I was like right. I, I think it has to be a joke. Yeah, I don't know I if he actually said that. I think it's just a mistake. That. I think it's just a mistake. It'll be edited um, out. So. All right, but Mike, so there's no special effect shots in this entire he's, movie. He said, there's he's, no CGI. He's going into the theaters I know, I, I and, and, and uh, cutting okay, the sorry. like God, 11 I'm miles so, of thing. I'm so off, like, I'm so yeah, off yeah, the 70 millimeter. <laughs> all right, all right. So I right, get these men some scissors. Let's talk about box office. Um, domestically, 80 million. W- Nolan's highest, and it's um, it's way outpaced the expectations. International ninety four. This took in a hundred and seventy five worldwide. The budget on this is about a hundred million. So uh, they they f- fucking knocked it out of the park. They gone and done it. They gone and done it. Um, <laughs> not as much as Barbie, but like we said, we expected that. Yeah. Um, this was never going to be anywhere near. Barbie. Yeah. Uh, w- what was fun for me is that this was the one I was waiting to see for so long, especially hearing all the good things and everything, and like. I was and like obviously I couldn't get to it like early, so it was one of those things where it's like 
it reminded me of like when we were in college and you could only go see the new mo- movie on the Sunday, you know, when you're hungover. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, and it reminded me of like when we went and saw Batman versus Superman at like 1130 in the morning. It, it was, was one of the stop at bagel guys on yeah, the way. Exactly. And like, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, it's so early. Like, you know what I mean? To see this fucking movie, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just felt like one of the, and the, another thing was that like when I was in there, I was like, I, I'm going in this with like summer blockbuster vibes. Right. But like, also this is totally a movie that drops in November or December. They, this movie I think is also propelled by Christopher Nolan's reputation and that this is his weekend that he puts movies out on because normally he puts out these big, like they're big ideas, but they're ed- they're shot and edited to be family friendly, like PG 13 giant action, like mind bending puzzle films that everybody when you say loves. family friendly. You mean like just accessible, family accessible. Yeah. yeah. Like I can, like you could take your kids, like you, you could take, take a bus full of children <laughs> and, and go take and them just, to this. Movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, th- but like this, d- despite the fact that it's rated R, I wouldn't bring a kid to this, even if it was PG 13, you know what I mean? Cause like they wouldn't watch it. No, yeah, no, no. It. I wouldn't even bring a teenager to this. They wouldn't I mean? watch it. Exactly. They're not going but to history A teenager class. would watch every single one of Christopher Nolan's other movies, though, because they're like, you know, since he started doing studio stuff, they're big, bombastic action films. You know what I mean? So My 15-year-old cousin did tell me today, directly to my face in this house, that he wants to see Oppenheimer over Barbie. He wants to see it for two reasons. <laughs> Four. Because you see him twice. <laughs> I, I don't know. I wasn't going to ask him about that. That would be. All right. So Pat, we, that's your job. So we dive into spoilers. <laughs> hey, hey c- c- come yeah, here, I'm ready. All right. Let's kid. dive into spoilers. All right. I'll say this right now. Hey, kid, get on this bus. <laughs> the, way that, the way that this story is told is hilarious because it's the exact move that they use in the end of Tenet. The temporal pincer where it's like some shit hat, like some shit's going on in forwards, some shit's going on from the end back and like it all kind of meets in the middle type of thing. And then they keep and then they go their step. This is and never again. The twain shall meet. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of what that was like, is that it gives you information in the beginning. It gives you information at the end and all the context is in the middle and it's up to you to fill it all out. And I can't wait till uh, Reddit does a cut of this that's just chronological. Yeah. Um, Michael like that. I will like that. Um I'm then I can turn it off at the last <laughs> half hour. I'm uh I'm just gonna go ahead and start with um performances. Killian Murphy is Jesus Christ unbelievable in this. He is like he is on another level. And it's funny because it's one of those things where He's always been really super talented. He, I mean, he's all he's had big parts in Christopher Nolan films all through the time, but he's never been a leading man, and he, I don't think he'll ever be, unless Christopher Nolan asks him. I don't think he'll ever be anything less than a leading man now. I, uh, I don't know. I could see him just like, I think he probably enjoys just whatever role. I mean, yeah, don't, don't get me wrong, to be but I mean, he's man. very much a Daniel Day-Lewis type yes, of actor. Yes, 100%. He's not good, an action star. Analogy. He's not a comedy guy. He is going to be pitched these big, dramatic biopics for the rest of his career, and he's going to kill it. Like, yeah, 100%. Like, you you want to know another parallel that I, I think is interesting with movies that are coming out recently? Left-titty, right titty? Yes, I love those parallels. Okay. Um, They're a little... Not so parallel, but... 
Isometric. Um, avocado. Recently okay, saw. I know, I know. We're all being mean. You're being I recently terrible. saw Wes Anderson's at Asteroid City. <laughs> I recently saw Wes Anderson's ass. <laughs> That's what you said uh, first. You, just got, you gotta cut it there. <laughs> well, no, because you said ass. Ass, yeah, ass um, Asteroid City. <laughs> um, so we got out of the movie, and uh, I was talking to somebody, and they were like, I'm glad that Jason Schwartzman finally went from supporting player in Wes Anderson's movies to leading man because he was just phenomenal and he deserves it. I feel like this it's the same thing with Killian Murphy where it's just like he's been playing, you know, supporting role this whole time and was waiting for this Listen, moment where he just nobody else could have done this. This mm-hmm. is this is almost like you know what this is exactly like? Uh yeah. Jason Schwartzman and Wes Anderson. Yes, it's yes, not but far it's, from Goodwill hunting. But it's like it, <laughs> Damn, but Mike, you really got me there. But it's as if Christopher Nolan, like, he has his own company of crew and actors that he always uses. And this was one of those things where I, I, I where he wrote the movie, and when he was, he was like, I only knew one act. Like, it's like Christopher Nolan has, giant, like, of course, if Leonardo DiCaprio is in the fucking movie, he's going to play the lead of your movie. It's not going to be Killian Murphy, but he could play a good guy that they're going into his brain dude in inception just the like billionaire that. yeah um killian murphy is not going to be one of the soldiers on the beach in dunkirk that you follow but he'll be a guy on a boat who's trying to lend a hand you know what i mean <laughs> uh he'll tell the the civilian side of that story uh you know i'm just saying that like it seems like he's been looking for an opportunity to give Killian Murphy the spotlight that he needs or deserved or wanted him to have, whatever it may be, but did not want to cut undercut one of his movies by miscasting him or miscasting a role. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately like, here's the thing. It doesn't matter how good of an actor you are. You're not cut out for every role. You're just not. Someone's going to be better than you and you're going to be a perfect fit for something. And I think this is like, Killian Murphy's my friend and I want to work with him. So I'm going to give him what I think he's best for in every single one of my movies. I finally have a role that I think that he's, he's best for and not only. And it's not just that he's best. I think this is the best performance in a Christopher Nolan movie. That's that's ever been put out. And also, there. I mean, who, listen, who else possibly could have done it? He, exactly. Who else even like take take away the 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 stable of. Nolan collaborators, <laughs> just any other actor out there. Hugh Jackman. Who could have done it? <laughs> it could have been, like you said, Daniel Day-Lewis, but maybe like yeah. 10 to 15 years ago. Um, and then, well, y- yes, I agree. So you, then, you're p- pulling from like top tier act. There, there's like, I, no, I'm you pulling literally from have like, to go from the best of the best. Yes. yes. Like, yeah, I don't think anybody um, else really you could touch up there. It was, and um, the, like I said, this is... The it, uh, maybe not the best ever because that's a little controversial, but this is the best it's been since Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, and it's because the material is so rich and it's presented so well, and um, it's just it's it's just uh, it's one of those it's one of those performances where you remember what the art behind this is and why it can be so captivating. It did and such feel a compelling very thing. like I mean it is very art- autistic, obviously. Autistic uh, yeah. and artistic. Uh, it's both. I mean, it's about it's, bo- it's about it's about bombs. It's artistic. It's artistic. But I think there's so many sequences and there's so many shots and music and visuals that make it 
like half of an art piece. Like a lot yeah. of it is very abstract in that sense. And it, that, that was the perfect way to present this movie because otherwise it'd be boring as fuck. It would be really dry. It'd be very dry. I do think it was a, a one other criticism I have for it. I was like, it did feel very American, like pro American sided. I mean, yes, but, that but was also, also the politics of the time. But mm -hmm. but that's the thing. They're also they're showing the pro American stuff, but they're also portraying it in a poor light. Like the like the McCarthy era was one of the most, I mean, like one of the worst times to be an American if you weren't generic NPC American. If you right. weren't, and like it presents it in the best way I can say it as it's short-sighted, as it's yeah. naive. That's a good one. Not yeah. that it's like you're stupid or dumb. It's just like they couldn't think past their own face. Or their own one, fears. Because, yes, because one, they had no access to information. And number two, um, you know, they... They needed to keep morale up in some way while they mm -hmm. built this fucking. We're building a and, death and, machine. And you like. you also look at uh, the generals when they're making the the decision where to bomb. Oh my god! How the callous. most fucked up did, scene in the whole movie. And where, that's a real where, thing. Yeah. That's yeah. a real that's, thing. That's like the anecdote about un, oh my wife and I honeymooned in Kyoto. That's a real fact. Yeah, that, that that's was said. unbelievable. Uh, Harry that, like, Harry Truman like just being so callous about it. They're showing. The the blind the blindness of just uh, pure patriotism just for the sake of patriotism. Yeah, yeah. I gotta go see this again. I I didn't get what I needed out of it. There. Um, yeah, I'm admitting. I'll take uh, it. Uh, um, maybe I'll see Barbie again. So then, uh, other performances. <laughs> Florence Pugh is great. I'd like to see her in another Christopher Nolan movie, though. <laughs> Why? Uh, Honestly, I, I, this was fine, but I'd like my normal Christopher Nolan affair next time. I want big, yeah. I want bombs and bullets and like, oh, this, this is story a, this is, is a one for you, one for me. Yeah, kind yeah, of situation. yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do the artistic shit if you keep giving me the the goopy gobbly gamer brain stuff that I like with your Fair. no greens or reds color palette because <laughs> you're colorblind as fuck. Hey, um, a lot of blues, lot of I love the I it love the beautiful. color of his films. Oh. I love them. Um. So then, um, uh, God, what was it? What's the um, other actors? Other actors. So um, Florence Pugh, I thought she was great. I thought she was fucking excellent. Um, plays a good crazy girl. Plays yeah. Um, I thought Emily Blunt was also off the charts. I mean, like God, there's one scene. There's a couple scenes, a whole sequence in the movie where Emily Blunt is just sitting in a fucking chair for like 15 minutes, saying nothing, out of focus. And it's like, no, that's Emily Blunt. You're, she's stealing the fucking yeah. scene. Yeah, you're looking like, at her. You're not looking at... I realize that, too. Well, like, no, no, I'm not even that. I'm just saying that, like, that, like they didn't get a stand-in. Yeah. Oh, right, she yeah. Was gonna be a, Chris Nolan was like, I need you to just sit on the couch. And those actors were like, yeah, no problem. I'll do that for you. You know, the, anything uh, you want. Like, there's this scene... There's a lot of lead-up where stuff is happening to Oppenheimer and his wife is like, what the fuck? Why aren't you fighting for yourself? Why are you just letting them do this? Your little boy dick <laughs> and jerked you so, off in front of everyone. I get paid six times as much as you. That's so, all I could think of when she was I, I didn't think about that, but that's fucking great. Um, so there's like all of that happens and she has a, a temper and she's like, quasi-alcoholic maybe not even i mean like they gave their children away she like well she had she had postpartum yeah i mean but yeah so there's all of that 
she's angry at, at her husband for not defending himself, and then they put her in the seat in the interrogation room, the and she just chair. unleashes mm-hmm. fucking fury on those guys. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, yeah. she's great. Her standouts for... What did you think of the scene where she imagined Oppenheimer getting ridden in front of all those guys, and Florence Pugh's just looking at her like... <sighs> that the scene stare. made yeah. me so uncomfortable, I and laughed. it did just... like It was so good. Like It mm-hmm. meant to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Because after that, that's when she's like, how dare you let them pick apart our entire lives? And he's like, well, it's not anything you didn't know. And she's like, literally, I do not give she's a like, fuck if it's not anything I didn't know. You're yeah. an embarrassment. And she's like, You're it's on it the on record, record now. It's in history. Yeah. yeah. That So her scene with that, her scene where she's in the chair, and then her scene where she finds Oppie. Love collo- that. Colloquially. Um when he had ridden off on his horse after Florence Pugh had killed herself, um, or, well, or was assassinated. That's what I. That's the other thing too. Is that like, well, because Liz brought up is like, do you think the hands were like he feels like he killed her because I he thought drove it was her like crazy? That. But I said, or mm. it's because he said something to her. And they fucking the assassinated her. Yeah. Oh, there's a valid. Yeah, just, she left a note but didn't sign I, it. I actually like, just looked up and like apparently like in real life, he actually never like mentions like if she actually killed herself or not. And that's oh. why they tell us about the suicide note. Okay. Not being signed. Um, so I think, yeah, there's definitely like three ways we could look at this. Yes, yeah, that's she either cool. just killed himself herself, assassination. Well, I guess just murder. Um or like, does he feel some kind of onus to it? Because I think you're gonna get to what that scene is with Emily Blunt and the horses, and yeah, where he, yeah. where he, like, you know, she rides. Like, there was she, a lot of really cool lines in this movie. And yeah, this was one of them. Too. She rides. I don't remember exactly what she says. You can say it. When she we get said, to it, but. "When you step in sin, you." Um, oh yeah, you can't be the victim. Yeah, you don't get to. You don't you get, get to play to, the victim. You do, yeah, yeah. Like you don't yeah. Get to come she's like, pull victim. yourself together because there's a lot of people here that are depending on you. Yeah, he's sitting. He's breaking down, and you. Exp- I expected her to go and kind of like she's, comfort her. Yeah, the way Emily him. Blunt's character is written is like the perfect 1950s wife. In the sense where her whole world is raising his kids and making sure and raising him, yeah, and mm-hmm. making sure he stays like in the like through the straight and narrow. But like she also understands, like comprehends the immense pressure and morality of the situation. That's why, like, when he cheats on her or has an affair, like, because he had multiple affairs. Yeah, he was a womanizer. Um, uh, he, what's it called? Like, she didn't give a shit because. She, she knew the weight of what he was doing. She gave a shit. She had so much disdain. She, she just yeah, had yeah. to let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, she was like, I can't, I can't bring, because this will fuck things up more. Like, I mean, he that, clearly. That, yeah, that is adorable. You know, It is adorable. He clearly tries to mask it because he's, when he, like, they're waiting like, for her to show up. Real quick. He's like, we've walked through fire together. And it's like, who walked through fire together? You drug her through that damn fire on your mm-hmm. own. Um. Uh, I just want to go back to that line. Um, there's a lot of people here who rely on you. And I think it was interesting, the choice to say a lot of people here, rather than being like everyone, you know, the country is relying on you. It really makes it personal. Like this, this situation that we're in, we're in this little bubble. We're all working as a team and this team relies on you, which I think is more impactful than the abstract of the entire country, the entire world. I think it also brings them more like direct hands on weight. Yeah. To what they're doing. The people that you see and work with every yeah. day. And at that, like, I, I mean, I do, I do agree with 
you know, his take where he's like, I feel there's blood on my hands. Like, of course yeah. you can't. And Truman's just a fucking prick. He's right, but, you know, he's a prick. Get that, that crybaby out of here. Was that, that was Gary, Gary Oldman? Oldman? That was Gary Oldman. I was Gary like, Oldman. who? Why didn't anybody tell me Gary, Gary Oldman's Oldman. in this movie? Gary he Oldman sat down. Churchill and, <laughs> and Eisenhower. Now. He sat down and was I was like. Truman. Which one died? Sorry. this He's Truman. Oh, okay. Truman yeah. dropped the bomb. Oh, okay. And also, it didn't look like Eisenhower was, at all. Who was the president who died in office before that? Was it Roosevelt? Was it FDR? I don't think so. I don't know. That's Roosevelt. Yeah. Okay, hold on. We'll figure it out. But his, yeah, he said he sits down. That was a great character reveal because you can't tell who it is until they do the close-up shot yeah, of when FDR. he sits down. It was FDR. Yeah. When he sits down across from him, and I was like, Gary fucking old. Yeah. Yep. I think they did that fabulously. They did it a few times in the movie where somebody would sit down and you'd vaguely see who it was. Um, like we'll get to it probably, but Casey Affleck's character. Remy like, Malik's in this. Like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah I, we were talking, I was talking about that before when we came home, I was like, I love how all the cameos are like a list actors to some degree, or at least they, they have, you know, yeah. I mean like he's fucking, um, he's up there. Yeah. He's uh, what's his name? Um, Freddie, Freddie Mercury. Mercury. Yeah, there you go. Mr. Robot. Um, yeah. Uh, I, Tanya. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> I robot. He took a baseball bat to her knees. No. Um, <laughs> So there's uh, uh, Han Solo. Han Solo, yeah, yeah. But my thing was is that they always like kept you guessing like that person was out of focus or it's filmed from behind their head and then you see his reaction and they turn around. Is it, you know what I mean? Or like you just hear their voice and like it's very much like and it was none of the regular players. No. Like yeah. Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, um, Christian Bale, uh, Hugh Jackman didn't sh like I was expecting like a multiverse of Nolan actors <laughs> and so and then like but even then I'm like oh okay these are fucking cool ass cameos you know what I mean and like, they're, they're the actors that do interesting performances yeah, yeah exactly he cast who he thought was good for the role he mm -hmm. wasn't like you think Marco would like this or you know what I mean like, the other thing too is I don't know what this is like I thought you were holding two pictures together uh, <laughs> I think a script in his face, like um, one, like we were saying earlier. I think Liz, you were saying like about how many names and just people that there are to keep up with, which I like that it wasn't. You easily could have condensed these people down to, all right, well, this guy did something and that guy did something, and they don't need to, they don't ever cross paths, and they're in Oppenheimer's life at different points. Just make them one character. There's some movies that would would just mm -hmm. make it easier. This one said, no, this is history. Let's just stick everybody in there. This was a huge fucking cast, massive. Yeah, yes. lots of moving parts, lots. Of, and I'm and I'm sure there's been some consolidation from that point. You know what I mean? So, um, let's talk about the the test itself, the big moment, the Trinity test. Um, I I love the fact that they took all the sound out. This is what Except I was for saying. His breathing, right? Yeah. This yeah. is what I was saying in the um the non spoiler section. The silence, the importance of silence in this movie, because it was one of those things where it's like, it. I, I'm gonna use the term tunnel vision because like, you know how like when you dream of something, and like, you're experiencing it, it's almost surreal. But it's actually somebody who went into your dream and planted it that's there. Right, that's right. <laughs> okay, it was. <laughs> Dreamception. It's like doing stank face over there. Oh no! What instrument is he picking up this time? What instrument is it now? Oh, a drum solo! <laughs> Shit, Miles Teller. Oh, thank okay. you, Mike. Thank you. Anyway, um, we're talking about the Trinity test, right? Yes. Yeah. The silence. The silence. Yes. 
Um, and just hearing his breathing, because because those moments are surreal. It's like you're not even experiencing them. You know what I mean? It's like you have to be present, but it's so un fucking believable what's going on in front of you that you're you're just trying to take it all in. It's like one of those moments when you're so focused you forget to breathe. Yeah. And then you have to take a deep breath afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And then you get hit by the shockwave. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that was a uh, a dramatization. I don't think this I, no, I no. That's it would that's take correct. time to get to you. You would it takes they were, you know, at points ten miles away. Yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. takes you know sound only travels 600 miles an hour or whatever like i and i love that the idea that you were not close to the explosion you were seeing it from the perspective that the characters were seeing it from like there was this one you were shot. close to it there, there were there were parts where the whole fireball there. filled the screen yeah like, yeah in, but in i'm saying entirety. like you weren't there when you didn't oh see you didn't the ride thing. the bomb down yeah, on the camera yeah or you didn't see the the, <laughs> the piston fire and create the explosion right um a james it's bomb from a intro. from an observer's like, perspective yeah um and i and i love that like it's almost like a submarine porthole that they're looking out. Yeah. And it's like in the darkness and it's way small in the frame down down at the bottom. It's like, oh, like they're far. And then you see it and it's just it's and that explosion was made with magnesium and um polyurethane they picked it up in ohio it was actually on the ground for are, are, you, are you talking about you're talking about in reality to shoot this yes, shot they did a bunch of it under like hoods and stuff they did it and what they did was they would then take that and then they would stitch those elements out and create their these own their you know their own rel- elements like filled plates. from different angles yeah mm-hmm. and then they just stuck them in where they had to and comp them in and all that stuff uh, because like ninety percent of this is done in camera, and when they said there was going to be no CGI, I mean, like, listen, if the opportunity was there for him to launch and for to set off a nuke, like even a tiny one, I'm you know, sh- he I'm sure a he tactical nuke. I'm sure he would have looked into it. Like, how big do these get? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like, can I? Um, do I have to get like NATO involved if I got to do this? Like, the one thing I am disappointed in the atomic test is that there was no. Nobody got fried like Sarah Connor. <laughs> no, no, or at least at the very least, nobody stood under as the mushroom cloud. Oh, you wanted oh, like a scale. You wanted like a silhouette yeah, scale. Yeah, like one of those things. It you was know? kind of funny when they're like postponing the test and he's like, hey, how about you get your men away from the steel tower with the atomic bomb in a yeah. lightning storm? <laughs> yeah. He's also a weatherman throughout this whole movie. He's like, um, It'll let up. It's good. I know this desert. I know these things. It'll break um, at dawn. Can, <laughs> yeah. uh, can I direct us back to the silence? Because there's actually something else I took away from that. Um, are these anxiety attacks that he's having every time that it's quiet? There, I think you get a lot of the weight of the, like, I think they say it almost in the movie. She, he's like, or someone says it might be Emily Blunt's character. It's like, you see the world how we can't yes. or something to that effect. I was trying effect. to explain this to Liz is that like people with that type of intelligence cannot empathize with you because they do not see the world through an emotional core. They just can't. It just, it's not. It's not ones and zeros. I'm not yeah. saying they're not yeah. loving or compassionate people. No, but they're like they're, they're, they're sociopaths. They're, yes. they're they're plagued by the they're, like the thoughts and intelligence. And I think as, it's, as, it's like Thanos, cosmic horror almost. As, yes, Thanos, absolutely. As Thanos put it, he was cursed with knowledge. He was cursed you know what with I mean? knowledge. Yeah. Thanos didn't and do anything. Like wrong. He was cursed with a certain set of skills. You know what I mean? And that's and that and like when you're when you're on that level of intellect. 
You look, or you're like, I'm. I can build and destroy. Fuck everyone around yes, me. You're a megalomaniac. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But he still had to come to terms with killing a hundred and twenty thousand. Well, that's people. the thing. I don't think he ever truly does. I don't think he ever truly does. I th- well, they they go into it about like you know he does all of the martyrdom and like you know right. basically tries to become he has, a martyr. Well, I mean like which his, is fine. Well, remember his whole hitch wasn't um, making the bomb. It was what what they were gonna do with it afterwards. You know what I mean? Because remember, the 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 morality of it doesn't set in until later on when they're doing like estimations and everything. And then he's like, it it killed way more than you thought it would kill. Yeah, and like that's the other thing too is that like, I mean, even what's his name Truman said that they don't care who made the bomb; they care about who dropped the bomb. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much like shut the fuck up. No one no one's checking the owner's manual on the bomb. So why don't yeah. you just chill out? You know what I mean? And it was also it was but, also just like you know the just Truman whipping his dick out and being yeah. like, I don't know who the fuck you think you are. Like you think you have to make hard decisions. I have to make hard decisions yeah. and I'll do it every day because yeah. I'm better than you. Like yeah. that was the first instance in the entire film where I feel like, I feel like my dad checked. was talking to me there. Yeah. For a second. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to <laughs> no, that like fine. that. Anybody actually checked him right in that way. <laughs> I'm out here making decisions. <laughs> and I like, I, I do understand the, the moral quandary where in the beginning, He's saying, if we don't do this, they will. And that's way more of a, a problem. Yeah. yeah. And I would rather it be us to have that kind of power. And then to get to the other side of it and say, oh, fuck, this so, was maybe not the and best. And the other thing that, that I feel is presented well in this film, because it's nobody shouts at you. It's all through conversation. Like all you're Except for to, Matt Damon. Yeah, you're supposed to infer. I mean, yeah. We do. You're, supposed to, you're supposed to infer <laughs> about what's going on like through their conversations. It's ne- It's like... The, the characters are telling the story as opposed to the script is telling the characters to tell the story. Yeah. That's how I feel yeah, this yeah. is written. And one of the best representations of that would uh, would be that meeting. But more specifically, like, Germany was never close to building a bomb. Remember, they, they say that when Kenneth Branagh shows up, when he's like, I am, uh, I'm in the middle of solving this mystery on this boat over here. Um, and, uh... The guy in Germany made a wrong turn. Remember, he he mm. didn't figure out the uh, what's it called, or he he used he was doing heavy water. He, yeah, instead yeah. Or whatever. Oh, 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 you just got Valdoed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they. I mean, they would have they would have figured it out eventually, and which is what they say about Russia later yeah, on. Yeah. But well, yeah. Well, okay, but anyway, my my point being is that um, my point being is that Germany wasn't close to a bomb. We were on the the cusp, the precipice of figuring out this technology, the Trinity test. And then on top of all that, you can let him out, Liz. And then on top of all of that, um, Germany's surrender was imminent. So then it became, well, we put $2 billion into this, and now we want this weapon whether we're in danger or not anymore. Well, the, the- And that's really when his morality crisis kicked into overdrive because now it's like, if we don't need to use this, should like he wanted Shut to let down. he wanted to let Stalin know that we have this power, to have an armist- yeah, exactly, like and like that we don't want to enter an arm like an arms race with them. And but then you know you find out through like the Los Alamos spy and everything, like they they, they remember they they tested a fucking oh yeah who nuke. wound up being the spy the, the British, British guy. guy. Well, oh, he's yeah. German, but they plucked him out of Germany. Right. Well, when, when did you yeah. become British? Yeah. Yeah. When, 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 when they, they told me I was stop being German. Yeah. yeah. And like, but either way though, I I like I said, I feel like that depiction of history, even though it's not like 
there's not some like commander in a boardroom with like a an inconsequential soldier that you're seeing these events through the eyes of. Yeah, it's like this this conversation really happened. Yeah, like they were like, no, we like we put two like fuck this. We're the we're the superpower here, and like, yo, I love the way that they. F- frame the fucking bombs like you don't ever see the bombs little boy and fat little yeah, boy you, fat see him, man. you see them you see them just up. getting yeah. closed up because you know what's in there and then as they drive i'm talking i thought this was a problem with the sound mix and now that i'm describing it to you i think it's actually a lot cooler so you get up to a 9.5 as he's driving away you know those fucking trucks are far down the road and you can still hear the chains. Yeah, that's it's it's because it's he's the, so you know hyper like oh Mar- it's Marley's chains. Yeah, like, he's like <laughs> he's like oh fuck like that's it leaving my hands because remember he said if you drop them too high or if you drop them too low and well yeah, and we'll take it we'll from take here. it from here okay yeah. we'll drop it we know just one thing listen you just buddy build it if there's anybody we'll who knows how to drop a bomb anybody knows how to kill okay. some people it's the u.s army All right. like, i like you went full patrick warburton if anybody and, knows how to kill so some people it absolutely like, that's really US good army. i don't Thank i you. don't remember the specifics of the of Dropping the bomb from my studies on World War II, but I you remember do, the name of the plane. I don't remember the name of the, the plane. Enola Gay. Um, they um, they wanted to draw, or originally a plan was considered that they were going to tell Japan, like show them footage of the test or something, and they were like, "Well, they could think that's fake." Then another consider- they could think that was Stanley Kubrick. Then another consideration <laughs> was dropping it out in the ocean. And they were like, well, that won't really do too much. They're, then they thought, let's drop it on an island off of the mainland. And just to show them our might. And even then, they're, and even like I'm saying, it was a push the entire time. Like, let's just kill these people. Like, like drop it on a major city. Um, the justification for that is that, and I'm not saying this is right. I'm saying what they said additional justification was that Japan would have never surrendered and we would have lost millions in a land in a land war with Japan. And there were, I can't remember what it is. The facts that they they the amount of Purple Hearts that they were preparing for the land war invasion because we were preparing to invade Japan. Yeah, they were using those throughout <laughs> until like no, last I'm, week. I'm not kidding. Like they might have got got rid of those like in Operation Desert Storm or something. Yeah, wow, that's like, crazy. You know, so do you know they, what I'm realizing though? Did they talk about Pearl Harbor? At all. They did, I think, maybe once. Because, like, I feel like part of that, like, all of this, um, like, resentment towards Japan and being like, yeah, we are going to essentially just fuck up Japan for the hell of it, even though we know that Hitler's dead. Germany is, you know, about to well, surrender. Well, it was, it was the start of, I mean, like, it was imperialism. We were like, we're showing everybody what our new fucking toy yeah. then. And Japan just happens to be the guy that we're going to serve it up to. If I just, <laughs> yep. I just confirmed it. It was four years ahead of that. So Pearl Harbor happened four years later. And 41 and 45. Yeah. 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 So, because we were like, we're like, listen, we may not come today, but it might be the next day or the next day or the next day. And we're just going to fucking mollywop you. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so, so they, sad. so they did uh, Hiroshima first. And then two days later, I think they did four days, four days later, later. They did yeah. Nagasaki. And after that, they surrendered. Yeah, because they were like, "We'll just keep dropping these on uns." And like, this is not the end of the. Uh, uh, 
They wanted to use them against the fucking Chinese in Korea mm-hmm. and Vietnam. Like, and they were, they wanted, what they wanted to do was they wanted to bomb a wasteland between China and, and Korea. So this way you could, you could not inhabit that land. Yeah. Cutting off all like trade routes and everything. And so that like, so like they were, they were very like, they, they were this, ready to just go this. Like. Yeah. It was very much like his fear was absolutely like justified that if we use this, now there's a just like that the precedent has been set you know what i mean and uh thankfully it hasn't gotten too far away from us um because nobody wants to rule a wasteland what do you guys think about like the lack of showing of a quote-unquote enemy in this movie like of like of, of like the typical like german or japanese enemy like we don't see anything realistically it's not, it's not that story it's i know it's, i know it's story. not that story I'd but like i would like to see christopher nolan do a story i was i was story, though, i was but. interested in how there would be some slight i don't want to say sympathizing for the like you know what happened from dropping this bomb and i felt like that wasn't involved at all and it might just be from the fact of like it had a couple moments, like when they saw the skin peeling off of the person yeah. and things I, like dude, that. I, I looked at that and I was like, of course, that's Christopher Nolan. He did it practically, so it doesn't look like it would look. But that being said, I'll give it a pass because they didn't even know what that would look like at the time. Somebody well, being incinerated from the I mean, sky. Yeah, what about him <laughs> stepping into the chest cavity of yeah. a totally yeah. burned yeah. up human being? Yeah, and I love how even at that speech, he was basically like, yeah, like, I bet the Japanese like that one, motherfuckers. He's like, and I wish the Germans would have got it too. Yeah. So, but that even felt like you were saying the panic attacks. It's like... It felt like he was just yes. trying to get through that speech. So yeah. I actually have now gotten a chance to think about this. I feel like we almost saw this too close to the podcast tonight because we bring up a good point where there's this line where I can't remember who it was says to him, like, you stopped being a physicist long ago. Like oh, you're a politician, you're a politician now. now. Yeah. So I Josh now, Hartnett. Yeah. Which, by the way, hold on, let Liz finish her. Statement. I'm now thinking: Is this scene where he's like, "I wish we had gotten it done sooner to drop it on Germany," but he's like having this panic attack? But is that yep. also the point where he goes from physicist to politician because he's mm. now taking on this embodiment of? I'm going to give the people what they want. It doesn't matter what I think. Yeah. It matters what point. these people want to hear. Yeah. But he's also having this realization because now there's these this couple that's this one couple that's like making out under the bleachers. Then there's another couple sitting there sobbing together. And that guy with, that throws up yes. from his nose. Wait, why yes. did that guy throw up? Probably just about we just bombed and uh, killed yes. thousands of people. Was wait, I I didn't to me that was not a real thing that was happening that the guy throwing up was similar to the guy whose chest that Oppenheimer stepped in. It's somebody dealing with the effects of radiation poisoning. Oh, uh, maybe yeah, it might. I, I mean, thought. it could be, but They're, yeah, they were also passing around bottles of vodka. Yeah. So we could, could say be, it could be, it yeah. could serve multiple. So, purposes. uh, that's one thing we haven't brought up is the, pol- the, po- like, I, like we've been talking the politics of this movie in the way the style in the storytelling, but, Literally, the politics of this movie um, is, I don't want to, like, the way they say openly talk about and use the word communism and they talk about, it's it's geopolitical. Whereas Barbie was identity, this is geopolitical. and it's Both set, movies talk about fascists. Yes. Which I did not true, expect. Which yeah. I love how they rationalize how, well, now we're not dealing with fascists, we're dealing with communists, and mm. God damn it, they're worse. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> um it, it, it's just I. It's just this 
like I said, the McCarthy era, this hyper, like this red scare bullshit. Like you know shirt what I mean? color. Yeah, like, yeah, like, dude, these pants get greener every time I look <laughs> at them. Um, so it's just, um, it's just, I love the way it's like, it captured the era and the times and like the, the paranoia of it all. Like, you know, he was followed, his wires were tapped, you know, and oh, they're all taking be- license plates. All, yeah. Mm-hmm. All because they were suspected communists. You know what I mean? Like they weren't even allowed to, to express different ideas without being labeled something outrageous like a communist. Sounds and I can't, like America can't today. imagine where else that would happen and during what time period unless the person saying it was really fucking stupid. <laughs> Continually. <laughs> and was stupid their whole life. <laughs> but no, but back then it was a real political belief. It was oh, like, yeah. Yeah, don't you be a fucking communist. You never stop that. Are you fucking commie? All right, chill. Okay. Did you look at my wife weird? I'm gonna miss now you're a you. fucking communist. All right. Well, all right. I don't have anything else, too much else for spoilers. Um, Matt Damon, Josh Hartnett. We okay. got to talk Let's about Let's do them. Matt Damon first. Fat Damon. He's a little big, but he's older now. You know, Fat Damon. He looked puffy. He Puff looked, Damon. Puff he, Damon. He was good, though. He was excellent. He was, he was really good. Honestly, one of my favorite roles I've seen him in. He's yeah. coming off the high of, of doing air. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just, he's like... <laughs> Got one with my boy in the can, so let's yeah, do this exactly. Um, and Josh Hartnett, I'm glad he's back. He did that episode, that stellar episode of um, uh, Black Mirror. He's mm-hmm. he starred in one of them. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see? No. no. Yeah, it's. Uh, I imagine he's going to get some work after this because he was fucking excellent. He's in great in this. We maybe any- maybe he'll be uh, Harvey Dent. Ooh, I'd be down. That'd be cool. I'd be okay with That'd that. That'd be cool. Um, can we talk about Matt Damon's fear of flying and he took a train everywhere and straight up says it like he's like, you know, it'd be faster if we flew because you were talking about the trains before and how Christopher Nolan is all about these trains and Matt Damon is like, no, we are all Pat likes Nolan. That's why we're trains. taking the trains everywhere. He goes, I'd rather get there, you know, alive and Kelly Murphy's like, oh, whatever. Yeah, but they said planes are too dangerous yeah. because they because they're the most important people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, oh, and, no, uh, planes. Didn't they say they needed the planes? Could the, all the planes are going to the front. We oh, need yeah, the planes. Yeah. Oh, I thought it well, I took the I other. From a and the other thing was that he all the location he picked was in the middle of these train lines, and it, right. and it was in New Mexico. And yeah, and it was oh, I thought network. he said we build train lines. Well, they could. I mean, obviously, they, I mean, like, yeah, I think like, he, he built. He chose those locations because they were in an already established yeah. rail yeah. network. And he, um, I mean, like, and I mean. You're, you're right. They probably did build train lines because, I mean, like, you look at Russia. If you, I mean, if you ever go to Russia, there's all these roads that lead from Moscow all the way to Berlin because they just built roads from one capital city to the other to, you know, because the Red Army was coming for Berlin, you know? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, okay. I, I got some tweets though, but if we're all, but if we're all yep. good on spoilers, there's nothing else to mention. Just, just see, like, listen, the, the, see this. The one thing I think, we have to mention is the last line by Alden Ehrenreich when, I mean, we barely even touched on Robert Downey Jr. He was incredible as the villain of this movie. There, there is so much we could talk There's about. So much. He's, yeah. There, yeah, there's too much. So he's just like paranoid, thinks that uh, Oppenheimer is all like focused on having the spotlight on him. Meanwhile, that's what he's doing. And he thinks that when Oppenheimer and Einstein first speak, uh, went, you know, as far as, uh, 
Robert Downey Jr.'s character knows that, the, yeah, that they're that they're talking shit on him, and Alden Ehrenreich just goes, maybe they're talking about something more important. Like that line yeah. was fucking incredible. Yeah, and Smacks he's him. like, I'm denied, aren't I? Because you know I, I, mean? I, and, and like, so no head. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so no head. All right, shit. Well, and then the, the conversation turned out to be yeah. Oppenheimer realizing I just did start an unstoppable chain reaction. Yeah, and like, yeah. and. The a train reaction. <laughs> um, I love uh, Albert Einstein was also very good in the yeah. movie too. It's what? funny how he's like, you know, what was it, Tesla, an Einstein. old fart kind of dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, a uh, Churchill. Uh, when he just walks up when that car drives away, and Albert, I, I'm like, yeah. I had to ask Pat. I was like, can you look up when the hell Albert Einstein was alive? He died I- in '55. Yeah. So in '54, when that like he died a year after, and like. It makes sense. Coincidence? It makes sense. Like, after. when you see that whole ending, it makes sense. Oh, that's why he wanted to give him a job, because he wanted to get him the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Fun fact, they shot that at in Einstein's office, like his real old school office, because they wanted to use Princeton for it, but Oppenheimer planted a tree, and it grew in front of the lake where he wanted to film oh, it. Oh, funny. And Chris Nolan was like, well, I can't fucking cut down Oppenheimer's tree. <laughs> so, um... Why can't there just be a tree there? Because you wouldn't be able to, to see, see them. Einstein just throwing oh, stuff in into in the, the pond. The yeah, 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 yeah. So, and that, and that was, let's say, a nice revelation. And, it, and, like, um... It's, it's just, it's just so funny how it's, like, how the, the villain of the film is really just someone who's also extremely ambitious. And... Oppenheimer humiliated him because he didn't realize how politically involved he had become. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. It was more like a, cause like, like, and he never thinks about the consequences of what he's saying. Right. Yeah. Cause he's too smart. He doesn't think about it the same way. Exactly. Exactly. So, so do, do you think us as the viewers were supposed to go on this, um, like arc with Alden Han Solo? I, I mean, certainly the audience because, we did, yeah. because we <laughs> yeah. are like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is like, we're all on board. Like his character, we're like, yep, he's a great guy. We love it. And then we're starting. We're learning all the facts about everything that happened. He's learning all the facts. Yeah. Of this. Like he says, I wasn't given all the facts. So we're kind of going along this trip with. Yeah. Him. When when we're finding out that like Robert Downey Jr.'s character has been like leading this whole thing the whole time. That's when he's finding yeah. out. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. Yeah. All right. That's all. I think we're good. Everybody. Let's look let's, up some tweets. Let's look at some tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Unironically being the plot of the movie. Uh, okay. Well, wait. Sorry. There's a scene in Oppenheimer. These are both Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah. There's a scene in Oppenheimer where they're deciding to dro- uh, where to drop the bomb, and one of the military guys doesn't want to drop it in Kyoto because he and his wife vacation there. It's the most incis- uh, incis- incisive. incisive okay. depictions of Western imperialism. For fucking sure. And the again, f- that was a real thing that happened. The That's fact wild. that Barbie and Oppenheimer are releasing at the same time did not result in a Barbie versus Oppenheimer instead of instead of produced a Barbie and Oppenheimer tells me something has healed in the world. I don't know. <laughs> okay. uh, the supporting character cast in Oppenheimer is fucking crazy. Christopher Nolan seemed to draw talent from those unexpected places. Some random senator <laughs> would turn around midway in the movie and be like, is that fucking Andy <laughs> WB decided to be petty against Nolan by scheduling their event movie of the summer against his R-rated three-hour biopic. And as a direct result, they have inadvertently given him the biggest non-Batman over 
opening of his career. This man just keeps finding new and crazy ways to win. And Barbie that, took uh, a shot at uh, which, Zach What's Snyder. their release? Barbie. What? WB? WB? Oh. It's Barbie. That was, oh, I forgot. Yeah, that was Halfway through yeah. Oppenheimer, screen blanks, audio continues, theater pitch black, audience hears background dialogue, unable to view accompanying images, employee announces two to three minute rewind. The guy on the aisle next to me. We live in a third world <laughs> I can oh, destroy God. Barbie and Ken for a whole hour. What kind of flex is this? <laughs> I saw a tweet. I, I, all right, go ahead. Never mind. Impossible to overstate how cool it is that a talky three-hour historical drama is having a higher opening weekend than The Flash, Indiana Jones, <laughs> and Black Adam. Oh, my God. How many mainstream filmmakers are there left who puts butts in seats like that? That's yep. great. I like that Oppenheimer opens with the single hardest on-screen text of all time. That Prometheus shit. This yeah. film is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen <laughs> fighter. <laughs> Fun fact, no women speak until 20 minutes in Oppenheimer, and then within a minute, there's a sex scene. Jeez. <laughs> Amazing oh, coincidence Sean. that nuclear bombs were invented during the only war to ever definitely 100% require nuclear bombs to be dropped before it to end. <laughs> and we never needed them to use them before or since. Inside a month from a, a test to a single required use. What luck. <laughs> Honestly, I was kind of surprised that this was the closing line of Oppenheimer. Um, <laughs> delivered by... Einstein directly into the camera. Weird fourth wall break. Good job, Oppie. I'm proud of you for making the bomb. That's the lesson of the movie. That was good, actually. I love these kind of tweets. Barbie has crossed 150 million global at the box office, surpassing surpassing 145 million budget. More convinced than ever that the MCU is just a money laundering scheme. How did Thor Love and Thunder just cause a hundred million more than this? Honestly, fucking honestly. Ryan Gosling's back must be absolutely shattered from <laughs> every scene he was in. Oppenheimer spoilers. He built a what? Oppenheimer movie is way too long. A big part of why Barbenheimer still works is there's no SNL sketch last week to kill the joke. <laughs> Oppie, I must go now. Where, Albert? All I have for you is a gesture in combination with a word. Tenet. <laughs> How will I find you? You won't, but look into your dreams and I, may be, and I may be there. I thought you said that was impossible. No, I said it was Inception. Amazing. Nolan somehow got Hartnett to radiate the same energy as prime era Kevin Cosner yes. and Richard Gere. Yeah. How the hell did they pull that shit off? That's perfect. The family vote was only ever going... Uh, going one way. Barbie first, then it then it is Barbenheimer. Do you guys know who this That's is? Rishi Sunak. That's Rishi Yeah. yeah. Uh, Oppenheimer must hit different when you actually have the power responsibility <laughs> to order a nuclear strike. Uh, check out the retweet. Shout out, Mark. Thank you, God, for releasing Barbie and Oppenheimer during a writer strike so we don't have to deal with an SNL Barbenheimer sketch. Oh, my God. Well, did it. Barb Minheimer is done. I watched Barbie beat Pigman 4 and watched Oppenheimer all within 24 hours. Oh, I could man. finally oh rest. Oh, my God. That's goals. Who saw Oppenheimer <laughs> in the front seat? <laughs> uh, Heart-pounding cinema. Hell yeah. Josh Peck. Um, <laughs> once again, you... White. Uh, white. Uh, white? Yeah. White. 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 Oh, sorry. Once there. again, white Hollywood Those hides black excellence by creating a white man with the atom bomb so the actual man we all know is responsible. <laughs> <laughs>
My 14-year-old son watched Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer last night and all. He says now he wants to go to college to study physics and become a scientist. One day, he says he's going to make an even bigger bomb that kills even more people. So excited to see the youth inspired. Jesus. I just told, I just told my 10-year-old son about Oppenheimer. He had, he had tears in his eyes. And then when he did the Wakanda pose and said, Oppenheimer Conda forever, which is a sort of pop culture cross-reference that oh, I can celebrate. Fuck. That's good. I brought my four-year-old to see Barbie, and he said, That wast thine most wokest and cringest cinema I have ever seen. <laughs> the best CGI work in India award goes to the Indian <laughs> censor board for Florence Pugh's black dress in Amazing. Oppenheimer. I just got out of Oppenheimer, and my dad let let a, a loud uh oh in the back theater when he saw topless <laughs> Pew. Another opulent way to watch Oppenheimer. <laughs> so confused as to why Florence Pugh has a full nude scene in a film about building an atomic bomb. Not, Not complaining, complaining though. <laughs> We were at a 10.30 a.m. showing of Oppenheimer, and after he said, now I've become death for the first time, someone verbally audibly cracked the beer open. Cinema, Cinema is, is so back. Was that you, Bert? I watched it. Yeah, so honestly. You, I watched it so you don't have to. First 17 minutes are spent complaining that he couldn't see the screen over the guy in front of him. Oppenheimer <laughs> oh, in the first row. <laughs> I saw one that was that that was potion seller. <laughs> If you went back in time and told J. Robert Oppenheimer about the whole bar, <laughs> he would kill us. If I had a nickel for every time Will Ferrell played a business executive in a fictionalized real world of a movie about a popular toy empire, I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. What's the first one? Lego movie. Oh. Uh. I loved Oppenheimer, but thought the sex scene between him and Albert Einstein was a bit excessive. Oh, Oppie. Um... What if I told you he gave the best performance in Oppenheimer? He went bar for bar with RDJ's best performance in 20 years. I owe you an apology, Alden. I was unfamiliar with your game. Fuck yeah. <laughs> at, the si- Rob at, the sound of, at the sound of freedom, second viewing while my wife and her trainer see Barbie next door. <laughs> Rob Delaney is fucking hysterical. Uh, this moment really took me out of the movie. I am become death, destroyer worlds. Okay, I guess that <laughs> does happen. <laughs> Christopher Nolan took me took one look at Jack Quaid and said, "This man needs to play the Bondos." <laughs> yeah. There's a scene in Oppenheimer where the U.S. official declares a sp- uh, spare a city, uh, in J- a Japanese city, because he and his wife vacation there. Is a far more effective at communicating the evil play here than quote showing Hiroshima would have been. Never forget the last time we saw Hiroshima. In They're just, the blockbuster. just destroying that movie. Oh yeah, and then this was what Barbie's accomplishment yeah. accomplishments were. And then it's insane and great that best supporting actor could legitimately <laughs> come down to I this. I promise you it will. Oppenheimer's yeah. sacred text uh reading sex scene is being condemned in India. This is a direct result a direct assault on religious beliefs of a billion tolerant Hindus. It appears to be part of a, a larger conspiracy by anti-Hindu forces. Dude, I can't get an IMAX ticket for Oppenheimer. This is 6.30 p.m., 70, million sh- 70 millimeters showing the film for August 6th. God damn. Um, and then Wednesday, August 6th is the last day I see IMAX 70 millimeter listed. Here's the full day. You can't even go see this. You can sit in the front. That's the that's, that's the New York one, right? That's yeah. the one we were gonna go to. That's yeah. the Lincoln Square. Uh, yeah. So we were right. That on, was like, tweets. I have a I have a a little um what's it called? BB. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Injury. I have a little vi- I have a little meme video if you guys I have it's yeah. about forty seconds of memes go you guys want to see it. Did you make this yourself? No, I mean like I just cut it together. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, here just, we go. Just think about it. Wait, this isn't Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's. PC, but then they asked me to build one for Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> now I am become death. Sloppenheimer. I saw this one, yeah. <laughs> LBJ. Uh, <laughs> I'm a 10, but I'm still holding a can. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Wonderful. Uh, and then uh, let's do clip so, of the week and so get yeah, the fuck out of here. Clip of the week. Let's do it. Let's well, do this it. does not look good already. <laughs> That's a shaky ladder. This is like the ladder. Oh! <laughs> get up. Please get up. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> Dude, Ooh. this was like the ladder that Liz's dad had uh, before I bought him the new <laughs> I one. Like it in reverse. <laughs> Yeah, dude, in reverse, he's got the best ladder ever, all right? <laughs> Takes him right to the top. <laughs> and he's all good. I also love the LG shout-out right there. <laughs> Life's yeah. good, baby. Sponsored by Product LG. God, so he's he's carrying up an AC unit to put on the roof, and the ladder just oh, gives, see. and it impales his shoulder. <laughs> he definitely fucked himself up on that. Like, like this yeah, the right corner, here. like... Yeah, the corner absolutely hit his weenus. Check it out. No, it hit his... It hit his Boom, there it is. That weenus. funny bone. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, it took it right out the fucking wall. Fuck I was so concerned with the air conditioner, I didn't even notice the show. I shelf. was so concerned with the man getting I mean, injured, Nick. I mean, I'm not concerned Sorry, with the man because if he was silly enough to get up on a ladder, yeah, that was wobbly. he's just having a silly, goofy time. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he do good in, in the Barbie movie. That guy just won a Darwin Award. All right. Um, I think we're I think we can wrap it up for tonight. I, I think, think we're, we're spent. So with that spent. said, thank you very much um, for checking out this episode of Press Any Key. Uh, we did it. Summer movie season 2023 is officially over. We finished it with Barbenheimer, and um, we will see you all next week for um, the best video games from 2013. Bye bye. <laughs>